Around Comics, Episode 51. Chicago, this is Around Comics, a weekly roundtable discussing topics in and around the world of comics. I'm your host, Christopher Neesman, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime and the co-host of Around Comics, Mr. Brian Salazar. Hello, hello. And we have our Around Comics regular, Mr. Tom Caters. I am a mini-convention of one person. <laughs> There's a con in your pants. <laughs> yeah. The Tom Caters mini-con? The Tom Caters, yeah. <laughs> it smells Tom horrible Tom. in there, it's like an obese man, and like old newspapers stuffed everywhere. <laughs> lovely thought. Yeah, keep That's going. Lovely uh. visual magic you just created. Thank you. I painted Wonderful a picture. Yes. I painted a picture. I'd like to remind everyone out there that Around Theater Comics is recorded mind. every Friday from <laughs> seven to nine-ish at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, <laughs> located at forty-eight thirty-five Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you're in the area, please drop by. We would love to meet you. Um, little it. little change up in our uh, show our format. Our, yes, the show format has changed a little bit. So if you are uh, tired of hearing all of the announcements, don't worry. We're going to uh, sprinkle them in throughout the show. Yeah. Um, so we'll sneak up on you that way. Uh, so we only have a couple announcements here. Uh, the first one is our October-November contest. We are calling this the Exterminator's Bug Hunt. That's right. Uh, look for the Exterminator's Bug Hunt. Uh, all you have to do is check out issues 6 through 9 of the Exterminators from Vertigo Comics. And look for the 10 secret hidden bugs, things, whatever the hell you want to Items, call them. happenings. Items, yeah, that, are, that, uh, that we picked. Situations. Situations. Yeah. Art elements. Uh, sell them, uh, send them, email to us at um, news at around comics dot com. Info at around comics. Oh, info at around comics dot com. Yeah. I, I will warn people because uh, I put this on Tony Moore's forum, and he said, "Hell, I drew all of this, and I don't know if I can find half this shit." <laughs> Except that one guy did it in about four seconds. Yeah, <laughs> but he might not be right. That is true. We, you know, we does, just because he did it quick doesn't mean that he's We've already right. got a lot of entries. That's a lesson. Already. That's a lesson for all you kids out there. <laughs> Take your time. Take your time. Well, Sal, what can folks win? Well, first place, uh, you will receive a signed copy of the Exterminator's Collected Edition, Volume Number One, Bug Brothers, as well as a signed script from author Simon Oliver and a one of the kinds, one of a kind sketch from series artist Tony Moore. Second place, will receive a signed copy of Bug Brothers, and everybody else will uh, get to read one of the finest comics uh, out today. So yeah, you can't be lose. good. Yeah. I'm excited about this contest. It's pretty, I, it's going to be cool. Yeah. And uh, the uh, Although I wish I could win cuz I'd like a yeah. you know, yeah. signed script, a signed trade and a sketch from Tony Moore. That's hint, pretty hint, sweet. Simon if you're listening. No. Yeah, anytime Simon you want to just send scribble as he just scribbles it on a script and like yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so it to you. should be fun. He has one uh, of his interns do it. Yeah. Sign that for me. So everyone uh, get to hunting. Uh, next is the Long Box of Love. We need to make sure every week to thank Brian Bowles for all of the hard work that he does with his weekly webcomic, Long Box of Love. Those yes, are available yes. every Monday with uh, new episodes of Around Comics. He Taylor makes those for every episode we do, and they are fantastic. Handcrafted. One of the finest handcrafted. handcomics on the interweb. Oh, you don't know that. Carved from the finest <laughs> internet <laughs> all right, ether. Maybe I don't know that, but I, so what? I can make that. I don't know anything. I can make claims all the time. All right, and our last <laughs> announcement for the beginning part. Uh, swear to God, PodTrack. 
Once Podtrack. Uh, Podtrack survey. Podtrack offers us a free Podtrack player, and it also gives us the chance to get to know our listeners a bit better so we can make a better show. Uh, so whenever you leave comments like there are too many announcements at the beginning, we, we will change, change the show. Someone left that? No. Well, oh, I, I would. That, <laughs> that was me. That was us listening to our own show. But there's a lot of advice. <laughs> on on the website, uh, on a, at www.aroundcomics.com, on the left-hand side, at the near the bottom, uh, there's a little button that says uh, take our survey. And just click on it. It'll take you to a little survey, and it'll ask you a bunch of questions about yourself. And it's all anonymous. It doesn't ask you for any personal information, or at least any individual they can't contact right. you. They're they won't. Gonna, they won't call yeah, you and be like. They want to know how much money you make in a year, but they will not ask for your. They email won't call address. you and go. Yeah. You're that old, and you only make that much. And you read comic books. You read comic. <laughs> you might want to consider <laughs> investing some it, money. It, does, it yeah. does. It does help us know who we are talking to. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Which helps us make a better show, and will hopefully one day um, lead to people giving us money for this. Yeah, maybe you never know. <laughs> hopefully, so we'll I, oh, I you guys it. are so it. mercenary. All yeah, right, guys. Well. Let's keep to our promise and keep those announcements short. Easy for you to, you to be magnanimous when you're not paying for any of this crap. That's true. <laughs> I, live a, I live a gilded life. Yes, the talent just shows up. <laughs> All right, guys, let's move on I to our through. main topic. I think this one's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's just the three of us this week. It's just uh, yeah, me, what's Tom, up and with that? I, It's like a, a letdown from last week. We had like 18 we people. Had so many guests. Yeah. yeah. Back to basics. Back to basics, people. Yeah, it's actually nice to get back to. We do have the intern here today, though. We do have our new, <laughs> our new. Uh, we're training an intern to take over as producer of the show. He's not an intern. It's Dustin. <laughs> it's Dustin. He's Dustin so great from our, from our first listeners and, and the writer of uh, ex, uh, examinations. Mm-hmm. Um, his has volunteered his time to uh, to take over uh, producing duties because. I suck at it, and I hate doing it. Sucks a so, strong word. So expect the show to start sounding a lot better. Exactly. <laughs> and me to be a lot happier. I'm yeah. already happy. It's going to be like all three of us are following well, you everywhere. <laughs> like right no, behind no, you. I, I, think, I think what's cool, and you had said this whenever we started talking about it, it's going to free you up Hopefully to, to, write to write some more reviews. And, and reviews and articles. Because and then maybe someday you might have a quote yeah, that, that's, that's printed you know, on the cover of a I book. Had, you know, this drives me... i got to <laughs> say this. You know, uh, I've written some reviews on the site and everything, and I was trying to get Tom, or, uh, Chris to write some. And so he wanted to do a review of The Damned. And I'm like, great, no problem. So, But he's like, how do I write a review? I'm like, okay. So I sit him down and I show him and I give him, you know, basically an outline. Follow this format. Yeah, do, do this. And I said, and what you really want to do is write a nice quote that they can maybe pull out and put on, you know. And Bam. so sure as shit, the first review <laughs> he writes ends up on the cover of The Damned. And, you know, thanks to <laughs> Colin and the guys for doing that. But, you know, I, do I get, I'm like. I'm so happy that it's a kick-ass you know, book. Do I get, like. Mine on criminal Ed Brubaker. You could have thrown a re- my review. I'm already on there. formulating puns about every single book. Yeah. So don't worry. Leading you'll man more, will you'll be hear the more about book. the band later in the show. In your also. Pile. <laughs> All right, guys. Main topic. Yes. This week we are talking about Gateway Comics. Gateway Comics. Is the, that like Stargate? Would that be a Gateway? I was thinking comic? like Gateway City, like St. Louis. I don't know what that National League representatives of the World oh, Series. Oh, Jesus, we got to go through this. No, not yet. We'll go back to the Cardinals later. No, Gateway <laughs> Comics are those those books that comic fans I'm Matt can, <laughs> can thank or blame for getting them into the world of comics. Whether it's Star Wars, Star Trek, Doctor Who, G.I. Joe, movie adaptations, or comics based on Saturday morning cartoons, etc., 
these are gateway comics. That's how I've always kind of thought of them. Uh, several stories in the last few months have been like Battlestar Galactica, everything that's going on with, with Marvel, with Guiding Light. These are all what I would consider. Anita you know, Blake. Anita Vampire Blake, yeah, absolutely. These are gateway comics. And, of course, your G.I. Joe, Transformers, uh, all the horror Star movie Wars. Stuff. I know, uh, Scarface. Friday the 13th. You know, um, which goes into movie yeah, adaptation. Sure, sure. So, There's tons of them out there. <clears throat> I think for a long time it was probably used as, you know, obviously a marketing tool to, to sell comics. You, you take a, a high-profile movie or a character and you put it in a comic form and you're going to sell more. But I think a byproduct of that, besides selling more comics on those single issues, is that it led to a lot of people getting into comics. And we constantly hear about people that say, my first comic was X. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, I think from a marketing perspective, it's certainly, you know, it's the best of both worlds. One, you're trying to draw in maybe new readers from, uh, you know... Other interests, other whatever. Interests, whether it's movies or books or whatever it might be, that may, you know, turn into comic readers of, of your other products. Or two, if you're a company that maybe, you know, unlike Marvel or something, a smaller company, it's something that you can be a little more guaranteed of its popularity. You know, sure. I mean, something like G.I. Joe or... Transformers or something. I mean, there's already a fan base for yeah. that. So People are already excited. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And you can sure uh, if you're if you're a company like IDW and you get the <clears> rights <throat> to a fairly successful box office movie and do the comic adaptation of it, it's probably going to be your top seller sure. for probably that year. Yeah, you know. absolutely. So it 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 makes sense on both ends of it, I think, and that's why you see so much of it now. You know, a lot of times from from you know, I think maybe the worst ones ever done is like video game adaptations. Sure, those are like no, the sure. most yeah. horrible. You know, I don't know why Sonic that is. Sonic the Hedgehog, the comic. Really a whole lot. Yeah, I don't know if it's just it. It doesn't lend itself. That was to my it, first comic. Was I'm kidding. No, Sonic Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. But you just don't see. I mean, they they can go either horribly bad or at the at their best. They're have there been good video game adaptation comics? <gasps> oh, well, Halo. Okay, Halo, and I was thinking like recent. Metal Gear Solid was that. I never read that. I never read it either. I don't I read like any of those, you know. Things. Yeah, you, you're you're not a, you're not a big. I, we usually call them licensed comics. Yeah. Is, yeah. is how we refer to a lot of them. You're not a big fan of licensed comics. It's not that I'm not. I mean, it, I guess you don't actively dislike them. Like right. you badmouth GI Joe or something it, like that. It's just. I well, I was I really excited all about. I was really excited about Battlestar Galactica coming out, and you're like, eh. Yeah, well, I mean, I already know what I, you know, it's like Star Wars. I've seen the movies. I know what it's about. I don't really need to. But the comics are about so much more, Sal. I don't need but any it, more, I, I, though. I, I don't want any more. I've, if, ha- I've yeah. had it in my film. I, I think Star is Wars what it comes to. It's like you know, it's like. 15. I don't. Uh, you it know, depends on how much more you want. I, and I think the other thing is, I read comics because of of the medium and what they're about. And it's like if I wanna, if I wanna, if I want to ingest a story about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I'll go watch the TV show because I like the TV show nope. and it's already good. The comics were actually pretty yeah, damn good. Yeah, but they're good. still secondary compared to the show. Yeah, but that because was... Because they're not built yeah. to be made as comics. They're built as actually, adaptations of something that already exists. No, I, I'll actually... On, on the Buffy comics, that was actually something that was very cool about those is that Whedon was, was very involved as far as from what I heard, very involved in the the comic versions of the Buffyverse, and 
they weren't straight adaptations from the series. Well, they actually certainly. added on to it, and Whedon had a big hand in that, so there were things that actually happened in the TV show that you wouldn't fully understand them unless you had read the comics, which, and they were good. I never read them. You're, you're wrong. They may be. You're they totally may, may be completely, you know. <laughs> no, it's not a matter of right and wrong. It's just my own personal, always uh, you know, feeling on it. It's not, mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're bad. I, I don't know. I just personally have no interest in them because there's enough comics out there about stuff that I don't already know a lot about. Well, do, do you see comics like that as gateway comics as far as, you know, it's like, I'm not interested yeah, I think in them. So to some I think they're oh, yeah, there absolutely, to get people absolutely. I think they're there to the get industry. people that may watch Buffy, don't read comics. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's twofold. I think it's you have an audience that may not read comics but watches Buffy, say, and, you know, might see a Buffy comic and pick it up and then they become a comic book reader. Or you have people that already read comics that also like Buffy, so why wouldn't they... Sure. Read the comics. Yeah, I'm just one of those anomalies that I like the show Buffy, or I did. I read comics. I just don't care about mm-hmm. Buffy comics. You're not a big enough fan to drop like three bucks to read a comic about I, Buffy. I just don't want to get invested in like something that <clears throat> I know. You see them as two separate things. You see them as TV yeah. entertainment and comic entertainment. And I, 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 I think I, ta- I think part of it is I take my comics a little more serious, maybe. Oh, it's like tel- then television. <laughs> I mean, then like a Buffy television. I mean, Buffy's like you know. I don't know. To me, it's brain. Well, you've been about lost lately. I would. Uh, well, that's, I have that's, been <laughs> waiting for a Project Runway but comic. There you go. Well, but even so, I'm not reading. I'm not. I'm probably not reading a, mm-hmm. a lost comic book. Even as much as I'm into that. I'm show, reading Exile. I mean, maybe the only show, <laughs> the only couple of shows. Snap. Well, no, because no, I, I like, like the Shield. I'm a huge Shield fan, but I have never bothered to pick up the Shield comic. Or like twenty four, the comic. I just yeah. don't care. I already get enough of that storyline and those characters. The X Files comic. I've never had any interest. Yeah, in that. I, I don't. You know, I just. But I don't think they're a bad thing, and I don't think they're necessarily bad. Although a lot of times you do end up getting maybe inferior talent on them, or not an inferior, but unknown talent to some degree. And well, I thought that's what was cool about. But not always. Bat- Battlestar is that you know Remender and uh, Greg Pak yeah. mm-hmm. were working on that. So. Now I'm, I'm also in a different point in my life. You know w- when I was younger, like in high school, and I played Dungeons and Dragons, and you know I read a lot of those books, like especially like the Chronicle or uh, the Dragonlance Chronicles. Mm-hmm. And now DDP puts out all those in comics. Yeah, yeah all those years ago, I probably would have read those comics, but now it's like eh, I don't even read the books. So. And, and I don't want to get in. To still play Dungeons and Dragons? Oh, absolutely! Every every, <laughs> every I, Saturday. Every Saturday after yeah. I leave. No, yeah, I, with, with your with your you know four and one year old. So. Yeah, they, we they my, the one year old my terrible one-year-old dungeon Lord. master. Well, he's you know it's hard to understand him sometimes. He's but. too small to hold a dagger. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, he's being carried in a troll's bag. All right, that's enough, of my, that's enough of my geekness. But you know, not to deviate onto a, a totally different subject, but I think one of the differences in Gateway Comics from now to say, okay, like Battlestar Galactica, now to the original Battlestar Galactica series is distribution. I think at, at that time when the '70s, '80s Battlestar Galactica came out, you could still pick those up at a Seven Eleven or whatever. Yeah, it, to where now it. I see the gateway comics not being as effective because of the direct market. You would have to know it exists and then go look for it. Yeah. And I don't know how many people. I mean, I'd be curious to see how many people who are fans of Battlestar Galactica actually know that they're. I mean, it seems obvious to us because we read comics and we watch Battlestar Galactica, but mm-hmm. people who enjoy Battlestar Galactica have might no not have 
any idea that there's yeah. a comic book. I mean, yeah. it just. And like I said, that that that's kind of a that's kind of a, a whole different discussion. We always talk about direct market and whatnot, so I don't want to get off on that. But I, I do think that that affects Gateway Comics a little little bit differently than they were years ago. Yeah, but aren't they? Par- well, let's not get into it. But I was going to say, aren't they a perfect vehicle to put in other places other than direct market comic oh, yeah. shops? Yeah, exactly. They, they are, you know, to put in grocery stores or Seven Elevens. Actually, I uh, walked into a Seven Eleven last week, and they had comics mixed in with their magazines. Really? Yes, that's cool. Yep, I could have bought Wolverine number forty-two. Nice. Wow. What's yeah? You ever get the feeling when you see that that is like <coughs> a cheap rip off of real comics for some yeah, reason? Yeah, yeah. You know? You're like, ah, oh, it's in a Seven <laughs> Eleven. Yeah, you shouldn't be here. Do I get right. a bag and board? Go with back this? to your home. <laughs> this isn't the right. It's yeah, nice. you're not gonna walk up. It's like you know, it's like, can I have a bag and board with mm-hmm. my uh, taquito and my Wolverine number forty two? All right, well, guys, you went to. Uh, I, I, we'll, we'll talk about you know gateway comics that we may have read in the past, but I think we had some great posts on the forum. Uh, the first one was from uh, from Dan C, our buddy up in uh, uh, the the Twin Cities, Mr. Papercut. He says, "When I was a kid, six seven years old, it seemed like I had your typical Harvey, like Richie Rich and Casper and Disney comics, laying around with a few Archie issues sprinkled here and there. But at the time, they were just something else to read, like any other book." But beyond uh, that time frame, I think there were four series that come to mind that I would consider a gateway reaction as a kid and, and then even into my college days. So it's the first one, and we'll, we'll take these point by point so I don't have to read this really long post okay. from Dan. Uh, the first one is Mad Magazine. And he says, in grade school, my cousins, who were all older than me, had a huge stack of these, and I can remember diving into them whenever we were over there for the holidays and family gatherings. So Mad Magazine, would you consider that a gateway comic? Uh, well, you know, it's funny because, like, as we were coming up to this topic, I have to, and I, you know, it's, it's sort of that question: What was your first comic? I don't remember. I have no idea what my first comic was. I don't know what got me into comics, but I do remember reading Mad Magazine before I ever read mm. comic books. So I'm assuming, to some degree, that yes, that got me into comics to some level. I don't know how much, but I that's think it's a natural. That's where I learned the word schmuck. <laughs> 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 I mean, like, I didn't know half the words in there. And I eventually, you know, started calling people schmucks. But no, when I was a kid, I read that. Most of my knowledge about movies made before I was born comes from Mad Magazine and the parodies. <laughs> yeah, of they're, it. They're like, I've never versions. seen some movies, but I recognize them. I'm like, oh yeah, I read the Mad Magazine version of the <laughs> Witches of Eastwick or something. You know, like. Or like, oh, what was the the one uh, the, the uh, Towering Inferno? I think was I remember that as being a big Mad Magazine. Uh, yeah, I still remember the, the Indiana Jones. That's the, the, yeah. the light. Do you think they have? Star. Do you think they've done a lighter side of podcasting? <laughs> I hope not. One yet? I doubt it. <laughs> doubt <laughs> it. So, but yeah, yeah I think uh, absolutely mad. I don't know about any more, but it, at a, at the time, I think. I mean, I don't know. Do kids? You know. I hope people still read Mad. And, and we had the great story, uh, what, a couple weeks ago, that Mad is doing that, that whole what, uh, crazy villains story, and they're going to have some... Interviews I mean, with like, different creators and stuff. No, I think, the, I think the guys are actually working on... Oh, are they? Yeah, working, yeah, working on the it. Yeah, it's, it's their Working it. I mean, they were, you know, Mad is, has a you know, uh, long history, and, and you know there were some amazing, talented artists yeah. that worked in Mad Magazine, so there's no... Yeah. And, and now it's just sort of... Obscure, you know. I mean, it's become irrelevant um, to some degree. Oh, and I hate but that. But 
Did you guys, if you were Mad fans, did you look with great derision upon Cracked magazine? Yeah. Uh, like, no, I didn't it was ever like, have. I mean, I liked Cracked too. So when I, didn't I was have a kid, a with it. and I'd go to the grocery store, I'd make my mom get me a Mad magazine so I could read it while we were doing grocery shopping and one time they didn't have any and only had cracked and I would not read it because I was like no I am a Mad Max I do not read cracked it explains so much about Tom I refuse to read cracked alright the uh, the second gateway book on, on Dan's list was G.I. Joe a real American hero when I was eight or nine, it was all about G.I. Joe. Joe and Transformers. One of my best friends was in the mili- was in a military family, and he helped me find this comic series based on the toys we spent countless hours playing with. And I mean, that was me growing up. I grew up in rural America, and it was you know out in the sandbox with my little brother and all the friends in the neighborhood playing G.I. Joe and Transformers and Losing Star your Wars. Destro in the sandbox. <laughs> Destro, Don't talk dist- about Destro. 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 Destro like that, or Cobra Commander. Staring at the Baroness. Um, well, you know, I mean... It, 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 <laughs> no one saw the really blank look on Tom's face there for a second. As, That's as, really frightening. We'll, uh, as we'll learn a little bit later in the show as we go... We're going to talk a lot about, about G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe's the big I one. I mean, that was like the first, um, you know, real strong marketing Toys. Plan. Toys, comics, cartoons... cartoons. For I mean, two or three generations. Yeah, that they and and they they sort of started that whole thing of of, of combining all these different oh. you know things to to attract kids to it. Yeah. So the comic was naturally a you know a gateway thing. I wonder. More so, it was the toys and the cartoons were a gateway to the comic, and then from there. Was there ever a character cooler than Snake Eyes? No. Ever. 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 His, ever. his t- <laughs> timber. His Timberwolf oh, yeah. was probably cooler. What than about him. Snake Eyes versus Wolverine? Who wins that? Uh, the fans. I don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, fans, the fans. The fans win. We all win. All right. Now, <laughs> now, now we're getting into what I, I I wouldn't really refer to the next two as quote unquote gateway comics, but I think Dan saw them as being very important in keeping him in comics and expanding his appreciation of the medium. And the first one is, and, and after seeing. His uh, room. Oh, that, you mean the pictures of his like Borders Junior? Yeah, <laughs> I, I Dan, will you adopt me? <laughs> it's like, oh my God, he posted some pictures of of his reading room. Well, quote, no, it's not, someone said, oh my God, it's like Borders. And did you hear his hear his response to that or see his response? He worked in a Borders. No, he, he he said he said, oh, my room is so much better than. Oh, no, it is. Yeah. It's got weird. <laughs> There's no kids like yeah. grabbing all the manga books and like laying like, on the floor. Like, you know, but anyway, anyway, I just but, yeah, it's ridiculous. But he says, "Fantastic Four. Uh, he says, "So uh, after moving past the kitty comics and into the world of licensed properties, the next logical step was into the world of superheroes. I knew that Spider-Man. I knew Spider-Man from the Electric Company, which you know Dan's probably around our age. That was probably the first time I ever saw Spider-Man yeah. was Electric Company." Uh, and had seen uh, the 60s Batman series on reruns on the weekends. I think it came on after the Little Rascals on Sundays for a while there. Thank you, Dan. Uh, but I think it was the John Byrne Fantastic Four that hooked me into a larger world. Oh, baloney. Uh, Archie. That, that, was, that was actually part of, part of my um, road into comics. How the heck were you reading John Byrne's Fantastic Four? It was out... What year was that? 
What is uh, late? 86? Mid, yeah, mid-80s. Right? Mid right. Yeah, mid-late 80s. Bullshit. Yeah, I call <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> no, and, and I'll, I'll talk about my gateway comic. I guess you guys aren't as young as I think you are. but I'm only, what, two years younger than you? And then his last one is Sandman. Uh, he says, after the break from uh, the break from comics in the early 90s, and this is funny, he says, which is like a rite of passage for our generation of comic readers. He says, I was in college perusing several uh, different majors and succeeded in killing more brain cells than most would voluntarily agree to part with. Ooh, but when I finally settled you. on an English major and started reading and writing Smoking more, I got the, the itch back uh, a few years earlier. I had sold off a large portion of my collection to an LCS, but now I was finding myself browsing racks with intent of uh, filling the void I was somehow. browsing racks about that time, <laughs> yeah. too, but different kind of racks. Uh, <laughs> uh, basically, uh, he goes on. He, he, started, he, started reading, he started reading Sandman, and that got him back in to kind of more serious comics and also uh, attracted him to the trade part of the industry because he could catch up and read things. You could keep him in a nice, neat row on his shelves. Perfect. Well, you know, it's it's funny that, you know, it's like I don't really consider Fantastic Four a gateway comic in the sense of what we're talking about, but you hear people talk about that book more than maybe any other that sort of hooked them into comics and maybe brought them to another level of of appreciation Mm -hmm. for comics. So... On that sense, or in that sense, I suppose. Sure. And I, and I think Sandman has been, I, I don't know if a, a true gateway comic, but it's definitely one that is recommended by just about everyone to say, hey, here, read this. See, comics aren't just for kids. I and think. if you're a woman, you will enjoy it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Don't talk like that. What? Lene Taylor may slap you. Don't t- don't well, if Lana Taylor wants to come down to the shop and slap me, <laughs> yeah. she can come down. Until then, I'll just ignore whatever she says on the internet. No, uh, but but that but that's one that that's one that is always thrown out there as a great introduction for people to get into comics. I don't necessarily agree with that uh, as far as it that depends book. on the person. It depends exactly. You know, I'm not giving that to you know maybe a ten year old, but no, 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 no <laughs> or like yeah. I don't know, just uh, yeah. I mean, it's a great book. It, and I will highly recommend the Absolute Edition. Oh, it's the Absolute Edition. friggin' gorgeous. It is absolutely gorgeous. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Buy a child the Absolute Edition. <laughs> yeah, not my, no way, man. Hi, this is Andy Parks. You are listening to Around Comics. Our next one is from Paul D. <clears throat> I was a comic strip nut. I would read anything humor-based. Peanuts were the top pick, but I would still buy B.C., Wizard of Id, Garfield, whatever. As long as it was a comic strip, I was on board. Even though I was a superhero freak, movies and TV primarily, it never dawned on me to buy a superhero comic until I saw sus- 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 <laughs> until I saw Spidey wearing a black costume on the cover of Secret Wars. Can't remember what issue that was. Which issue was that, Chris? Eight, number eight. Yeah. <laughs> he looks so cool. I just had to see more. I read that last part. Creepy. You are a little <laughs> creepy sometimes. <laughs> so yeah, uh, comic strips. You know, you know, you were talking about like the 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 the, the disdain for cracked. Yeah, I had like the same thing for like comic strips. Really? I hated comic strips. They're like these aren't comics. You know, they're, oh, they're three, panels. three panels. Yeah, the, yeah, the, it's the, like, the, oh, the Spidey-Man sucks. comic strip just oh, always left awful, me wanting. Awful. Yeah, you know, and and um, it was later when you know, like I think around the time of. Uh, uh, I don't know some of the better comic strips that came out when I was a little older. Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin and Hobbes was a huge uh, far one. Side. Far side. I, I've always liked that. I've always liked the single frame ones. Mm. 
family circus when you get to well, see yeah. where Billy's walking around. He gets into such crazy things. How does that happen? Uh, man, that's crazy. <laughs> All right, uh, our good buddy uh, Jersey Droz from Make Like a Tree Comics. All right, Sin says, when I was seven or eight, my parents came home with a huge stack of Silver Age comics. It was the stuff like Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. Awesome. That's, that's Tom's, hey. Tom's new favorite. Oh. <laughs> uh, Superman. I got a stack of those in the trunk of my car right now. Really? Yeah, seriously. Holy shit. And like Lois Lane, uh, Superman's girlfriend, are Lois f- Lane. Are you? F- I swear to God, I have what are you probably do a with dozen them? of each. What possibly condition yeah, they're in I horrible condition. But t- Tom just lit up like a Christmas oh, tree. He's like, bing. Yeah. I'll take my parents. Oh, uh, goodness. He said Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane, which we apparently can see if we go out to the trunk of uh, Sal's car. You just had uh, a genuine, <laughs> exciting moment in the show. <laughs> Casper the Friendly Ghost, Richie Ritz, and some Supergirl comics from the late 60s, early 70s. The ones where you could send in your own designs for Supergirl Plus, casual a bunch wear. Of Legionnaire. I think, and yeah. Legion. Uh-huh. Well, uh, we'll see. For the longest... <laughs> can you let me read Chris's <laughs> post, please? You <laughs> it's like the swap shop. I got an old chair. For the chair. longest time, I thought that's uh, what comics were. <laughs> Joyful, wacky adventures where some nutty color of kryptonite would turn Superman into a nerd. So, um, old comics. Gateway comics? You know, the hand-me-down comics? Depends. That's how I got into it. Someone handed me a, bunch, a box of old comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like I said, I mean, like, I don't remember how I got, but I think there were a lot of factors in me and in getting in, into comics. And I remember I do have a, an older cousin who had read some comics and gave me some. And so, yeah, I think that's a huge thing to you know to give kids getting you know, comics that will definitely turn them. On. People I mean, get into it by people just handing them old. Like, yeah, here, read this. Okay, you know, I mean, they're gonna. You know, well, here, here's one that you'll appreciate. This is from uh, Jay. Oh, Stars. hey, wait, one second. Uh-huh. I wanted to go back to the um, the last one about. Um, uh, say, uh, the Spider-Man uh, in Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, we all bitch about like crossovers, but I don't think there's anything that brings in new readers like huge crossovers. crossover events mm-hmm. involving you know, iconic characters. And you know, it's like, I get to see everyone. Well, it's like Death yeah. of Superman, or Spider-Man's costume is going to change, or Spider-Man Unmasked, mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. Yeah, you know, we you know, as like longtime comic book fans, we sometimes hate these. The things. Death of Robin. Yeah, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I think those things bring in more new readers that maybe they know who Robin is, they know who Spider-Man is, you know, because those characters are iconic, mm-hmm. or they know who Superman is, but they don't read comics until, like, wow, there's this amazingly huge what, what, event. What are, what are the, I mean, you just named a couple of them. What are the, what are the, like, the landmark events that transcended the industry that oh. brought people in? Crisis, yeah. I think, was a huge event you think with, that, with you think Flash that? dying and... The whole, you know, multiple changing worlds. Changing the whole... Yeah, the whole universe. changing. Yeah. yeah, probably Death of Superman. Death of Superman, the big Death one. of Robin, um, uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man Well, Spider-Man getting married. Spider-Man getting married. That was, that was huge. Yeah, that was pretty big. Um, Secret Wars, I think, was huge yeah. just because it was, like, the first monster, cro- you know, like... That was ...event it. that, that, that it, you know, involved everybody. Yeah, all yeah. of them. Um, what about Contest of Champions, though, guys? Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if that one brought in a whole lot of people. <laughs> But I just think, uh, you know what I mean, we, we rip on that, but there may not be anything healthier for the industry sure. than these huge, you know, cataclysmic events that people outside of comics go take, you know, take notice of. Because well, Whenever it gets on NPR, chances are someone's yeah, going to well. buy it. Uh, Jay Scars is one that sell like. Uh, I read uh, some big name stuff, Soups, Batman, Spidey, Cap, but the book that really got me into reading comics was Power Man and Iron Fist. Yeah, baby. That was, that was his hook. I think, it was, uh, I think that first issue I read was like number 89, 
and the cover had an army dude in a jail cell that had uh, just shot himself in the head. Awesome. <laughs> I haven't stopped buying comics since. <laughs> Didn't come with like a Jade crazy psychedelic soundtrack. scared me. So. I loved that that comic. <clears throat> I wish they would come out with a Iron, Power Man and Iron Fist omnibus. Oh. They really need to do that because that was such an awesome book. Well, would you would you put you know would you put the first uh, or not the first? Would you put all sixteen Iron Fist issues in, and then would you have you know separate the, dies? The, I think you have to, yeah. Yeah, and then then have was it fifteen? I thought it was sixteen. <coughs> my off my rocker. Okay, Ooh. Chris is wrong. Mark Mark has them. So. Mr. John Byrne over there has them all. So. Um, Lee Webb, one of our. Uh, Would one you of like our... me to read this one, kind sir? Sure, yes, go ahead. I'm doing all the work here because yeah. Sal's <laughs> eating. I'll, I'll, read. I'll, I'll switch back and around. Okay, Lee Webb. I can't remember ever not reading comics. My parents had the Star Wars adaptation. <coughs> I was born the day before the release of Episode 4. And some Marvel annuals, well, let's just say the real Star Wars 1. <laughs> Sorry, starting in the Star Wars podcast. And some Marvel <laughs> annuals and some old Australian reprint of DC stuff around the house. Four. A New Hope. Not the not the first uh, couple showings. They added that once they realized it wasn't. Um, I suggest reading. Rage Look and at Bulls. the geek hat on Tom. I read this book about seventies movies where they talked about their. They weren't really sure Star Wars was going to be a big hit, so they didn't want to put that in there until they saw. Because people wouldn't go by like what the yeah did it was I, I missed sort of, three of them? yeah exactly, or <laughs> I think that's what happened. <laughs> well, anywho, back to Lee Webb. Um, as I grew up, I collected He-Man figures, which had comics. But I started collecting comics when Batman movie came out, and I got an issue of Detective Comics 213. I think it was by Norm Brayfogle and Alan Grant about Batman and the Joker in symbolism. It was awesome. I've been a collector ever since. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, movie tie-ins. I think uh, every time there's a movie that comes out... He-Man, I remember he... I mean, yeah. but I don't remember it bringing me in. I think I was already into comics by the time He-Man came out, so... But I could certainly see... You know, that having an effect. Sure. The secret origin of Orko. Oh, and who was it that did like? I saw somebody. Was it Scott Johnson that did like some unbelievable He-Man character Master of the Universe stuff? stuff? Probably. Might have been Scott. Somebody did. I saw online. I was just like, holy crap! There was a Skeletor that somebody did. It was just unbelievable. Anyway, <laughs> our next uh, our next post here from hey, one well, of our since absolute I favorite people. Finished eating, I can read this. This is from <laughs> Pat Loika. Uh, my first comic book was Transformers number three. I remember the image of Spider-Man swinging on a webbed-up Megatron well. Reading through it, I got curious about other comics, as I've always enjoyed drawing. Eventually, this led to G.I. Joe, then the Avengers, which was when I became a serious monthly reader. The rest, as they say, is history. And Pat may be the only other person I've seen that has a geek mm. room that would rival uh, dance. Yeah, nerd room. Nerd room. <laughs> Welcome to my nerd room. It is, it is ridiculously uh, nice. Well, you know, you know, one of the things he says that, and I think that was probably more, of, you know, for me getting into comics was the art aspect. Of it. I always wanted, you know, to draw. And, and I that's that's why I have a hard time, like, remembering when I got into comics because I always remember wanting to be a comic book artist from Forever. I mean, since I was, you know, whatever. Since I can remember. So I think that certainly people that are interested in art, it, it lends itself. You know, we've mentioned uh, now G.I. Joe and Transformers and He-Man. One that didn't get mentioned in, in the forum, which actually kind of surprised me, which was another Thai toy but one that actually crossed over into the Marvel Universe was uh, Micronauts. Yeah. Like, that was oh, a yeah, big sure. crossover for a lot of Micronauts. people. That was so, a cool book, man. Who did Micronauts? Uh, Matt uh, Christopher Golden. Christopher Golden. Was it Bill Mantlo? Or was it Michael Golden? 
I don't remember. Matt Lowe wrote it. Matt yeah. Lowe wrote yeah. it. Yeah. Micronauts was a cool book. <laughs> and, and for the, you know, uh, I remember fighting, like, like, you know, Micronauts fighting Star Wars characters. And <laughs> your own crossover. Yeah, my own <laughs> personal Make crossover. Your own crossover. Uh, LT Smash writes in, and uh, if you've ever seen LT on on any, and he's a Chicago guy, by the way. Um, he is. Yeah, he needs to he needs to come in on a Friday and, and hang out with us. So sure. LT, come on down. But if you see him on any form, he always has a Ghostbusters icon of some sort as his avatar. This is my gateway comic. Na, 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 na. Was uh, Ghostbusters na, 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 na. from 88 Miles Per Hour Studios in 2004. Before that time, I had no interest in comics, but when I found out this was coming. I started visiting my local comic shop regularly since this particular book suffered from the ASB and R level of lateness. What does that mean? All-Star Batman, Batman and Robin. Robin. Oh, oh, okay. I was like, huh? Very right? good, Tom. Uh, I would pick up uh, assorted Big Two comics that looked interesting to me. <clears throat> now I go every Wednesday, have a pull list, and waste time listening to hours of <laughs> For some reason, podcast. I thought this was Lana oh, Taylor. <laughs> LT Smash. <laughs> LT Smash. <laughs> Speaking of uh, All-Star Batman and Robin, there's a really uh, interesting um, interview with Jim Lee on the Wizard Universe website that he mm-hmm. talks all about the lateness and issues and stuff with... with uh, Carved from Marble. Um, next issue is Stone. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, he takes all the responsibility for the lateness. He, <laughs> you know, on that whole All-Star line, I, I don't care about the timeliness of that. Because when it comes out, it's just there, and I appreciate it. And I'm probably saying that about Superman more yeah. than Batman and, and Robin, you know. But I, I, I don't see that as a monthly book, either one of them. I, I, that entire line, I, I kind of look at that like Planetary when it comes out. That's cool. I'm not gonna have a villain. Planetary's almost over, by the way. Two more issues. Warren Ellis announced on his board that. Yeah. Uh, oh really? Two more issues. Yeah, it's one. He's the. Twenty six comes out next 20, week. Twenty six comes out next week, and that's like <laughs> the actual end of the story. And they'll have and an epilogue. There's going to be like, uh, yeah, there's going to be some supplemental stuff, I think. So should I wait? Since I've been trading that one, should I just wait for the the omnibus or whatever they'll do on I, that? Yeah, I'm sure you're going to see an absolute, you know, edition or something. Planetary. Yeah. Cool. Uh, anywho, Ghostbusters. Yeah, back to <laughs> Ghostbusters. Yeah, the real Ghostbusters. I always like that cartoon. Good, Good comic. Stuff. Uh, I, I never read, read it. it. I never, never read, read it. it. I don't know. I have no idea. Like the movie. Yeah, sure. Loved the movie. Loved the movie. I even want the second Absolutely movie. Absolutely. You like <laughs> the second movie? It had its moments. Yeah. You know, uh, the first movie? The, uh, <laughs> more Egon. And that's not a bad a bu- thing. A no. bunch of uh, no, the first Ghostbusters Egon. movie, like the the building that... Uh, Nobody where, steps on a church in my town. Anyway. <laughs> but, you, you know, the big uh, the big architectural masterpiece building. Oh, I mean, it's not really that. The Chrysler no, it, it's, uh, that was filmed in St. Louis. That building is Everything in St. Louis. Goes Everything's in St. Louis. In St. Louis. Yeah. The I can't wait until National League Paul's. representatives in this year's World Series. I can't, I can't wait until Matt Fraction just completely destroys your St. city. Oh, he said he'd do that if the Cardinals won the World Series. I think so he's going to do it no matter what, win or lose. I mentioned the Cardinals You know, I did think of another thing that a gateway, you know, cartoons a lot of times, you know, I remember, like, watching... Uh, or, or being a big fan of <coughs> like Mighty Mouse mm-hmm. and uh, Adam Ant and uh, Kung Fu goody, goody Louis. What was his name? Kung Fu Louis. Oh, um, that's an Adam Ant joke. Oh no! What do you? <laughs> oh, the 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 dog. Kung, the Kung Fu, Fu dog. Um, yeah. What the hell is the Kung? Kung Fu. Thank you. Kung 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 and I think Kung I don't. But like I said, I don't remember if that was pre, pre or post yeah. me reading or during. Yeah, I don't know. Relaunch your history and just write. I guess I have to. Well, I do know like one of the first. You can make it whatever you want. What year did uh, 
Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew come out. Oh, gosh. Yes, I'm the wrong guy. <laughs> Anybody know? 80s, Anybody? I think. 82, 83, yeah, no, something like that. Uh, this next one is from Big Ben. <laughs> we need a Foley artist <laughs> to go with her. <laughs> like the guy who makes the sound effects on radio shows. They could have done like Thunder. Intern. Intern. Foley Give artist. me sound effects. Give me lightning. Thank, Thank you. you. Good <clears throat> what first interested me in comics was actually the X-Men and Spider-Man cartoons of the 90s. I loved those shows as a kid, and my parents were good friends with a man who has a huge comics. Who was a huge comics guy. He has an Amazing Fantasy 15 and like the first 150 issues of Amazing Spider-Man. Are those are the only good ones. Those are the only good <laughs> ones I've heard. And I mentioned how much I liked the cartoons, and he gave me a trade: Spider-Man: The Origin <laughs> of Hobgoblin. And he gave me Amazing Fantasy 15. Yeah. <laughs> Cherish it. And I, I was story <laughs> I hope this story doesn't end with some sort of like criminal investigation <laughs> into. It's gonna end as like that episode. And then we of went into the steam room. room. <laughs> and now I email the, pages. The guy who owns the bicycle shop. <laughs> I'm going to take off my shirt, and I'm going to play Neptune, and you can ride on my back. Uh, anyway, sorry, Big Ben. This, we just turned a cherished childhood memory into a horrible event. Yeah, well. All right, any, anywho. Again, the trade is still one of my all-time favorite Spider-Man arcs, and is pretty much responsible for the hobby and my being a favorite. Well, oh, I'm Jesus, I'm sorry. You confused me by the short. Shorting Hobgoblin to hobby made me think that he was talking about his favorite his hobby. His hobby, not his hobby. So yeah, hobgoblin. sorry. Hobby is his the favorite. The origin of Hobgoblin is his Guys, don't abbreviate things. <laughs> I, <laughs> Tom, Tom I am like Ron Burgundy. I will read it exactly. Tom <laughs> has <laughs> no idea how yeah. to handle that. Uh, yeah, but, but I think the one thing I want to touch on was the X-Men cartoons. X-Men cartoons and Spider-Man cartoons. And not Spider-Man. I hated them once it, again. It was well, not like Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And I think that did bring a lot of people in. But the Spider-Man, the, the, yeah, the 90s version. I liked the X-Men one. I didn't like the Spider-Man one. You know, they, know they, they were both uh, independent of each other time-wise were the number one rated Saturday morning cartoons for a while. Really? Yes. Yes. That crap! Oh, uh, sorry. Oh, snap! <laughs> Dang. I like. Uh, I don't know why I like that. I liked the X Men one a lot for whatever reason. Because I think at the time I wasn't reading it, so it never bothered me that I was. That the continuity was all off. Yeah, was, <laughs> that Wolverine yeah. sounded Australian. No, not he, that no, one. He, oh, no, that now you're thinking Spider Man and his amazing. It friends. was it. That was Spider. Wolverine was in Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends? That The, the really bad Australian one. No, was, there yeah. was a pilot episode for uh, X-Men cartoon from like the 80s where he has an Australian accent. Yeah. And there was only one episode of it, and it's really... Awful. <sighs> terrible, terrible. Yeah, I think that's what But then one from the 90s was... I, I thought it was all right. <laughs> I, don't, I wasn't watching cartoons by that point. Well, oh. they did the whole Dark Phoenix saga. Uh, Weak Rocker said, My mom collected the old Marvel Star Wars comics. Have you done his sketch yet? No, which I still have, and my brother and I would read the <laughs> shit out of those when we were kids. We're going to read the shit out of this book. <laughs> <laughs> but my mom always went to the comic store every week. The first Batman movie really got me into comics. I don't know how I talked my mom into buying me Batman Digital Justice and Arkham Asylum. I don't know either. When I was 13. <laughs> Good lord. Before that, it was G.I. Joe and Transformers. I took a long break until my friend, the comic book fan, Matt Brown, suggested a comic called Preacher. And I was 14. To me. Uh, this is the first thing I read that showed me that comics could be a medium of different genres as opposed to just one genre, i.e. superheroes. This comic led to the works of other creators like Warren Ellis, Alan Moore... Uh, largely based on the Vertigo brand. And that's what we're talking about. I mean, you know, leading you from something to something it's else. gateway drug. Like I'm asylum. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, heroin leads to crack, and crack leads to 
Jail. Women. Oh, I don't know. Jail. Strippers. Uh, ecstasy and strippers. If you're white, do coke. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> Alex oh, <is> God. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> preacher, the preacher was sort of a gateway. Well, no, maybe not. I guess, I mean, I think Preacher is one of those, you hear a lot of people say that that, that book sort of changed their opinion of what comics could be. Yeah, that's so right there with Sandman as as far as it leading you know into a bigger world. You know goes hand in hand with that almost? Sometimes Preacher's also the one book where when I see people complain about stuff, they say, this isn't anything like Preacher. <laughs> you know, like, that's like the book people always... It's the like, watershed. When they, yeah, when they yeah. read, like, a Vertigo book and they're like, this isn't as good as Preacher. Well, yeah, I, you can that's do that. A, you know. That's just an observation. Yeah. It's, it's observational hard to do. humor. It's such a good series. What's so. up? Yeah. All right. Well, um, we got one more post, and then you we are have, an then observational we have a, a post after yeah. that, which I think I think we wanted to save Mr. Olivares' post till last because it leads into our next segment. And this is from uh, this is from Stephen Stephen from uh, just just another fanboy. Uh, it was the summer of 1984, and, and I finally did listen to some uh-huh. just another uh, some of his podcasts, just another fan because fantastically produced. You said, yeah, I, I, I li- I'm like, good <coughs> God, how much times does this guy sound smooth? It is unbelievable. It's like it, if it, if I didn't know he was doing it now, it sounds like classic radio, <laughs> like you know the shadow or something. Where like all these sound effects and voices. He has a Foley artist. He has, yeah. I mean, he. I think he has a you know. A he has crew an intern. of like nine people that's not fair. working on the show. We're 51 episodes. We just got our <laughs> intern. I know. And that's What's so that? not fair. There's not even coconut <laughs> halves to do so horse I, sounds. I, I did <laughs> listen to that. Coconut halves. <laughs> 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 so anyway, he's like. He said, it was the summer of 1984. The reason I know this is not that I am great with dates. In fact, I'm terrible with dates. The wife can ask me, what day did our only son, our firstborn, start school last year? To which my reply would be, uh, I don't know. You know I'm terrible with dates. I do, it sounds however, like he's just using that as a crutch yeah. to not have to remember dates. says, I do, however, remember the <clears throat> comic I bought that day, or at least that my dad bought me. It was the first comic I ever owned. It was G.I. Joe number 25, and it was released on, in July of 1984, and I have been a comic fan ever since. Yeah, G.I. Joe, man. That's, Big you know, stuff. Yeah. Everybody, everybody seemed to have. I like G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe was cool, mm-hmm. man. He was, everyone, you know, everyone digs it. Man. They were like superheroes, but with guns. And yeah. No one ever died. Well, except for, not, except for that one true. Devil's Due issue where they said issue. no no more guns. And it, and it well, blew yeah. Norton's mind. But not as By that guns. point, you know, he was drawing <laughs> subliminal messages of you know, rape <laughs> Road, and roadblock <laughs> oiling himself. Yeah, for like so a, who knows <laughs> what the hell. <laughs> so you guys, Gateway Comics for either one of them? Sal, you kind of said no. Yeah, I don't know. You know, the only thing... Like... My earliest experience with any sort of comic medium uh, that I can remember was um, Charles Adams, the Adams Family from uh, The New Yorker. I used to, mm-hmm. at my, my local library, um, they used to have these big uh, art books of his. There was like two or three of them. And that, that was like the first sort of uh, comic book kind of thing that I ever remember reading. And I think, you know, that twisted my mind a bit. Um, and that that led me into a lot of other things like you know horror movies and and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I think it also led me into comics to some degree. So that's sort of the earliest thing that I can yeah. remember. But other than that, I mean, your first taste. Yeah, I never like picked it up from you know TV stuff or adaptations. I never really got into that kind of thing. So Tom, mine was just a box of old waterlogged coverless comics. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing mostly should be. 
Yeah, like, as they should be. Like the one in my trunk? Yes, like <laughs> the ones I'm going to take out of your trunk later. Uh, and that's how I kind of got into it. Uh, I read some G.I. Joe, but I wouldn't say that specifically was one that sticks out in my mind is one that got me into it, but it was in the mix back right. then. I mean, I <coughs> the, silent, the silent issue of G.I. Joe is still a great comic. I don't know that I ever read it. Uh, Mark, uh, issue number on that? The silent the silent issue? 21. Yeah, it's. Uh, I put in words. Guys. I put in my own <laughs> words. You, you wrote Tom's comic. I wrote my own comic. Well, I just happened to have brought my very first comic that I ever. That bought. is a fucking lie. You bring those Doctor Who comics with you every week, <laughs> and you lay them out, and you wait for someone to ask you about What's it. What's with that Doctor Who co- Who comic? And then he goes in the whole diatribe of how it's. This, this is Tom comic. Baker. <laughs> He's it the one that wears the very good Tom. You see his scarf. <laughs> I have a scarf. I, I have like a 26 oh foot God. scarf at home. Jesus I, and it's so cold in Chicago, I will he wear that son of a bitch. I will wear that 26. He wears it to work. And hey, have I ever wore the 26 foot long scarf? I, you to wear work? some goofy ass scarf that looks like a Doctor Who scarf. <laughs> yeah, that's, the, that's the 14 foot scarf. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know, it's funny when you first told me about Doctor Who, I had a, like my you know one and only comic book friend when I was little. And uh, and he was a huge Doctor Who fan, and he had a ton of Doctor Who comics and watched the show. And I fucking hated Doctor <laughs> Who. I hated that show with a passion. I I, I hate hated it so much. So it was just funny that you told me that was. You, know, you, know, you don't like the Daleks? I don't even know what a Daleks is. I I watched like it's, it's not a Dalek. So whatever. Dalek. It's a Dalek. 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 Yeah. I thought it's Dalek a was like a. It's local a Dalek. Dalek? Dalek? Whatever. Dalek. I, Dalek. I, That's what I said. Isn't I that just, what I said? What did I say? Oh, stop. The only thing I wanted Sweet. from, from, from British Cyber entertainment Man. was Benny Hill. That's as far as I went. But <laughs> There's a funny Benny, Benny Hill. Hill. What was the funny <laughs> Benny Hill line in a comic this last week? Um, Good God. I don't know. I doubt if I'd even remember. Oh, it was in it. Punisher. Punisher Max. It was... Uh, um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> that was yeah. the one question you want to know from the chickens: Why do Americans like, like Benny, Benny Hill? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny. But we digress. Because it's like bad Three Stooges. <coughs> but yeah, I was like but ten. I, I would come home from school oh. every day and watch Doctor Who. It was on at five or five thirty on the local. Did PBS I mention station I hated Doctor Who? Oh hush. <laughs> Sorry. Get off my cloud. And I would watch Doctor Who every day for a half hour. That was kind of like you know my TV time before dinner. And went into Campus Comics in uh, Carbondale, Illinois. Oh, Carbondale. Yes, Carbondale. And saw Marvel premiere number 57 featuring Doctor Who. Collector's item. Yeah, it tells you it's a collector's item. First American comic book appearance. And I would just, I would just like to say, how much can you pick up that issue for now, Mark? Two what's bucks. that worth right now? That that first collector's issue. In mint shape, it's probably like five to eight bucks. Wow, that's wow. more than yeah. a Jesus. You can find it for a dollar. Nice, but uh, <laughs> well, that but what I what shape. I would like to point out is that I had absolutely fantastic taste from the oh, very beginning. Oh, here we go. Yes. I knew as as like an eleven year old. That uh, art by Dave Gibbons was obviously, you know, the sign of a good comic. Uh-huh. And as it's I, the collectors, I, as I as, no, not, not not only not only number fifty-seven of Marvel premiere, but Doctor Who number one also first collector's item issue. Yeah, well, so not that, just a first issue, first collector's, collector's item. Also with it's art by Dave reading. Gibbons, and then uh, bag and board it now. Yeah, it is bagged and board. But uh, went on and, and got the rest of the Doctor Who series, and what was cool, and I just found out here this week, is that uh, there are some reprints from the Doctor Who Weekly magazine from the UK that have uh, David Lloyd 
art and Alan Moore written story. Yeah, so. but that was back when they were really bad. Oh, hush. <laughs> but, uh, so anyway, Do- Doctor Who was my gateway comic, and I went from Doctor Who, and whenever that series was kind of winding down, and I was going to the comic shop every month <clears> to get that. Then I started reading X-Men, and then I got into John Byrne with the X-Men, which led into Fantastic Four and his run on that. And, and then I was hooked. And Witchblade. Tush. <laughs> Witchblade wow. actually helped Hiding bring me on. back into comics um, in the late geez. 90s. Not for long. I just happened to keep it on my pull list yeah, for whatever. six years. For but, six goddamn years. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Doctor Who was my, was my gateway. Well, there you go. Uh, we have one more post here. Uh, Tom, why don't you go ahead? This is from Mike Oliveri. <coughs> Author of Werewolves, uh, Call, Call of the Wild, the Wild from Moonstone. Please pick it up. Woo! Bram Stoker award-winning. Yes, Bram Stoker award-winning <laughs> author, Mike Oliveri. And cigar connoisseur. And a uh, poster and on our forum. Yeah. Segway? It was... <laughs> and now for the rest of the story. It was G.I. Joe for me. I believe shortly after issue 30. My brother and I were both into G.I. Joe. We had a ton of action figures and, of course, watched the cartoons. The neighbor kid, who was a little older, had sold the comics and showed them to us, and he said he was selling them. I bought a couple and was hooked. I raided our school milk money jar for nickels, dimes, and quarters <laughs> to buy more, and, of course, got into big trouble for it. Fortunately, I didn't keep mom from taking me to the comic shop, with the exception of a two-year period in the mid-'90s. You mean the traditional... Uh, two-year... T- traditional Requiem 90s break, <laughs> I've been hooked ever since. Stealing milk money to buy <laughs> G.I. Joe comics. Uh, you know, whenever you start with that, now the, the rest of the story. Do, the do, pe- of the do story. people outside of Chicago know who Paul Harvey is? I do. I'm, I'm here and I don't know who Paul Harvey is. You don't know who Paul Harvey is? And that Jesus. boy turned out to kidding. be Mike Oliveri. Page two. And now you know. Quote. It was G.I. Joe for All me. Right. <laughs> All right, I know. my bad ball, Paul Harvey. Well, guys, I th- that's going to wrap up our... Gateway our, Comics. Our Gateway Comics. It's going to close ga- the gate. Gateway Comics good. Gateway to thievery. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, I think as a whole, uh, yeah, Gateway Comics can be very good. I think... I don't think there is there's a, such an, as much an impact now as maybe when we were growing up uh, with them because of the availability of mm-hmm. comics in general, but that's yeah. not... Due to the books, as much <coughs> as just the industry, yeah, the direct market part yeah. of it, yeah. But I, I still think they're out. And, and you know, one thing counterpoint, is, it's we, bad. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> we, we may want to touch on it. Uh, Star Trek is going to I, IDW. The IDW, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dark Next Horse. Generation. Dark Horse is doing Star Wars now. Have <clears throat> they gone back to? They've always been doing Star Wars. Yeah, but they? but they keep relaunching. Marvel's doing things. Guiding Light. Yes, there's a gateway. There's comic. a gateway comic. Or at least so. they're open. It is. Oni is doing. My name is Earl. Oni is oh, doing. My, my name, name is Earl. I know. Uh, Devils Do Publishing is doing. Is Family, Family Guy. Guy. They just sent me. Uh, GI Joe. GI Joe. And, uh, all in the license. And, and then the whole the the, the Dable Brothers. Is it Dable or Dabble? It's Dable Brothers, right? I don't. I think it's. Dable. I, I think it's Dabble actually. Okay, I thought I it was Dable. Whatever. They, they were in Anita Blake, which just came out last week through Marvel. Yeah. Totally a gateway comic for Anita Blake fans. And there's still the Buffy and Spike sold and out Star at Wars Diamond, by the way. Anita, 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 Anita Blake sold, sold out, out at Diamond. Yeah, they announced it today. That's oh, pretty wow. amazing. There must be. I've never. I don't even know who Anita Blake is. I never saw the books. I've never even seen them, so I have no idea. Yeah, I'm completely out of touch with that kind of thing. Kind of sounds like a novelized version of Buffy. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, but um, 
Yeah, there's tons of them out there. I mean, and hopefully they do bring people in. I don't know that you know there's any kind of statistics on it, but let's make some. All right, well, let me just make them up. One hundred percent. One hundred percent of that readers enjoy J.I. Joe. It's like the North Korea statistical. Hundred people. Hundred percent of the people voted. All right. Well, th- this is where we start to change the format of the show a little bit. We're going to end our main topic, and rather than go right into the news segment, that will be in just a little bit. But uh, first, we have a new segment, and Sal, why don't you tell us a little bit about sure. Comics 101? Well, I was thinking, you know, we get a lot of emails. Sorry, and, we need and, more explosions. Oh, sorry, Comics 101. Holy artists. All right. Start punching a big side of meat. Comics, to get <laughs> comics 101. Um, I, I had the idea because we get a lot of emails and posts on the forum and stuff from people that are... Comic readers, but either they're new to comics or they're, you know, they're just not... We, we sometimes forget that maybe we know way more about comics than a lot of people out there. Or not... And I don't mean to sound like... <laughs> no, well, about, well, no, about I don't speci- mean... About, I just well, mean, about I just specific mean like, topics because, you know, yeah. honestly, we've been researching it for two weeks before we talk about right. it. Right. Well, that's all I mean. It's like, and sometimes <laughs> we don't talk about... So Except Tom. We, 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 as, we assume people know the histories of things mm-hmm. or because we know them. Because we're grossly, you know, obsessive about comics, and, and we, we pick have the a topics problem. that we know <laughs> yeah, that we can that. talk about. So I thought, what if we did a segment, you know, every <laughs> once in a while, called Comics 101, where I just take a topic, either a, a book or a title or a character or a creator or whatever, and sort of just give a complete rundown history and and everything about that topic that I could find using Wikipedia. <laughs> and so notes. this could be completely, you know, completely wrong for all I know. I mean, there's this could be an elaborate joke. The, the hard, the us. hard part about like comics history is there's only so much information really out there that anyone's ever put because together. I mean, that. there's some good books out there about mm-hmm. comics history, but depending on what you want to talk about, ninety nine percent of people to, in the world don't give a shit. Well, so, yeah, uh, exactly. You know what I mean? Well, it's like TV history. <clears throat> You yeah, know, I or mean, movie history. It's there's so, not one distinct source for it. I'm gonna try and put these together on a regular basis, and they'll obviously be in you know relation to whatever topic we're talking about. So this week, I thought the first one would be GI Joe, uh, because honestly, I didn't know that much about GI Joe beyond you know what I knew as a kid and, and that thing. So um, start off, uh, the name GI Joe was created by David Breger. Uh, when he was asked to create a comic strip for the United States military magazines during World War II. His strip debuted June 17, 1942, in the military's Yank magazine and Stars and Stripes newspaper. <laughs> Me love you long Not time. Not that kind of Yank. <laughs> I just spit beer. But I, I, I thought that was an interesting point because I had no idea that G.I. Joe actually, its you know origin was in a comic strip, which is... To me, I thought that was kind of interesting. That is interesting. I didn't realize that. So that just fear all over my Marvel oh, premiere no. number fifty-seven. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> all right, uh, move forward a little bit. Wet nap. Wet nap. So that so was a very successful comic strip, uh, military comic strip, GI Joe, and that's where the character was first created. In 1945, United Artists released a movie titled "The Story of GI Joe," directed by William Wellman and starring Burgess Meredith as acclaimed war correspondent Ernie Pyle. And so the the legend of GI Joe started to grow. Um, Get him, Rocky. Not th- why are <laughs> we gonna make this so hard? That's, the, yeah, that's the only fucking. That's the only like idea of Virgis Meredith you have. <laughs> it's either Rocky or Rocky the Penguin. All right. When in, you get a Caesar Romero story, oh, I'll yeah. my joke. Where's John Centris point? In, in 1964, <laughs> the character G.I. Joe became a series of military-themed action figures produced by the Hasbro Toy Company. 
The toy line began with the aptly named G.I. Joe, featuring members from all four branches of the Armed Forces, Action Soldier, Action Sailor, Action Pilot, and Action Marine. At the time, the G.I. Joe figure was approximately the same physical scale as Barbie dolls, 12 inches or 305 millimeters tall, and it was also called Play Scale. Um, fast nice. forward a bit to the 70s. Uh, in the wake of the Vietnam, Vietnam War, Hasbro sought to downplay the war theme that had initially defined G.I. Joe. The line became known as the Adventures of G.I. Joe for a time. G.I. Joe was cast as the leader of an adventure team, an adventuring spy-like organization, and the goal of fighting evil. Uh, the look of the doll also changed in 1970 with the addition of a flocked beard, an innovation developed in England by Palatoy for their licensed version of Joe Action Man. A retooled African-American adventure was also int introduced around the time. Uh, in 1974, in an apparent nod to the growing cultural popularity of Kung Fu, Hasbro introduced the Kung Fu grip to the G.I. Joe line. <laughs> this entailed sculpting the doll hands in a softer plastic that allowed the fingers to curl and grip objects in a more lifelike fashion. In more Kung Fu fashion. More Kung Fu fashion, yeah. <laughs> uh, in 75, after a failed bid to purchase the toy rights to the $6 million man, Hasbro in, in, uh, issued a bionic warrior figure named... Mike Power, Atomic Man, which sold over one million units. That's kind of like Cracked versus Man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, Mom, I want the Bionic the, it, Man. It uh, here, here's your Mike Power. <laughs> I don't want Mike Power. <laughs> he also, doesn't have the telescope through yeah. his eye. That's <laughs> weak. Also added to the adventure team was a superhero, Bullet Man. Both figures were not in the mold of the rest of the team and further confused the G.I. Joe line for those continuity freaks of the time. <laughs> People were sitting around like, what, what, what bullet this man? This doesn't work with my baby killer set with hippies <laughs> yelling at me as I'm getting off the plane. Uh, in 1976, G.I. Joe and the adventure team met new foes from outer space when the intruders, strong men from another world, were introduced. These armored, caveman-like aliens, although smaller than G.I. Joe, had a button on their backs which could be pressed to make them grab with their crusher grip arms. These and were Kung Fu grip. <clears throat> well, these were available in the bearded and gold armored commander and the unbearded silver armored warrior. Beards were big in the yeah, 70s. Yeah, I'm yeah. kind of surprised that uh, bearded or unbearded was alien. such a huge option. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want my and, alien and, with a beard. And this brings up an interesting... Uh, you, you keep talking about the Kung Fu... Like when we first mentioned the Kung Fu grip, and that's what everyone thinks the Kung Fu grip was, was that action of it yeah. chopping, but that wasn't the Kung Fu the grip. The, the grip was just the hands the that hand. could grab things. So, um, Like a n set of nunchucks. Right. Around the same time, G.I. Joe was given eagle eye vision, a movable eye mechanism to allow the toy to appear to be looking around with a lever in the back of the head was moved. <laughs> That's this, fucking creepy. <laughs> this would be the last major innovation for the original line of 12-inch figures. What kid likes that? What <laughs> kid's sitting there like... Well, it was, it was competition it, with the bionic man. He had the, he had the microscope. Yeah, the, the, oh, the telescopic eye, yeah. Can you imagine you're a parent and you just bought your kid this and your kid's just sitting on the floor making the eyes of his character <laughs> follow you? Well, you're, you know, it was 1976, so parents at it's that time were time. probably doped up on something. Anyway, Welcome, um, watching Welcome Back, Cotter, and having a good Dad time. was in the corner playing with the movable <laughs> eyes. Right. In 1977, Hasbro released the Super Joe Adventure Team, scaled down to eight and an eight and one half inches. Super Boom. Joe Commander. And the adventure team with their alien comrades, the Night Fighters, Luminous, and the Shield, fight against the evil Gore, King of Terror, uh, Terrons. Uh, and the Terran, the Beast from Beyond, and his ally 
Darkon, the half man, half monster. Uh, by 1978, the petrol. <laughs> this is interesting. By 1978, the petroleum crisis had taken a toll on the profitability of the 12 inch G.I. Joe line. Uh, yeah. Drastic increases in the price of petroleum increased the cost of the plastic used to manufacture the toys. After the failure of the Super Joe line, Hasbro decided to discontinue domestic production, although foreign licensees. Continue to produce their own versions for some time. So, Chinese the beard. So, like the beard option. How much oil goes into the making beard? a nice I don't a beard <laughs> for your dark on figure? Uh, in 1982, <laughs> saw the highly successful relaunch of the GI Joe product line in a smaller three and three quarter inch scale of the same type employed by the widely popular Star Wars figures. The 1982 relaunch pioneered several tactics in toy marketing. The release of the 1982 line, known to the collectors as the Real American Hero, or RAH line, we love acronyms. was a combined with not only traditional paid advertising, but also an animated television miniseries and comic book series. <coughs> the comic book, produced for years by Marvel Comics, enjoyed surprising success thanks in no small part to the unique television advertising and the writing talents of Larry Hama, who worked closely with Hasbro to develop a unique identity, background story, and personality for each character. The, the funny thing is, and I... I'm not surprised this doesn't show up in your Wikipedia article, is that Larry Hama killed a man in the <laughs> early 80s to know what it was like. To Researching? Yeah, G.I. to Joe? see the terror of what... <clears throat> Stop that. To see right, what it would feel right, like right. to be you know, wh- Tomazer's Amon. Larry Hama and... Tomazer's <laughs> Amon! <laughs> I have a funny story about that. I, s- I actually <laughs> talked to uh, Chris Crank from the Crank cast, and he said that Larry Hama is just an amazingly interesting guy. He's done, like, work on yeah. The Sopranos. He's done... He, the, his G.I. Joe stuff is really actually amazing. Well, he did it for like 8,000. Well, I mean, he, he took something. Well, let's get here. Uh, anywho, okay. back to the news. The comics in contrast... <laughs> no, it's not the news. It's Comic uh, 101. The, the news com- is later, Tom. The, the comics, in contrast to the cartoons, were much more realistic in their portrayal of violence. Some characters were even killed. No major characters except for one special issue in which more than a dozen uh, named Joes were executed by a random Cobra soldier an event which initially distressed Cobra Commander. Uh, since its debut in 1982, the comic book history of G.I. Joe has seen three separate publishers and four main title series, all of which have been based off the Hasbro toy line of the same name. Uh, the first series was produced by Marvel Comics between 84 and 93, running for 155 issues and spawning several spin-off titles uh, throughout, the, ugh, sorry, throughout the course of its run. Uh, it was unique at the time in that it was a comic book series that was promoted on television commercials, which also supported the toy line. The 155-issue series is considered one of the longest-running comic book tie-ins to a toy line. Much of its success is to be credited to Larry Hama, who wrote the entire series save for a few issues with guest writers. Rather than treating the stories as a mere promotion for the toys, Hama wrote the series with seriousness and infused it with uh, doses of realism, humor, and drama. Other than Transformers, no other series was able to duplicate its success. Notable artists include Herb Trimp, Ron Wagner, Rod Wingham, and Marshall Rogers. Um, yeah. uh, issue 21 became a fan favorite. The one the silent. Not silent. only because the Cobra Ninja Storm <coughs> Shadow was introduced, but that o- issue also became a prime example of comics' visual storytelling power. Ninjas are quiet. That's right. <laughs> a number of differences existed between the comic book and the animated TV series. Certain characters who were very prominent in the comic book, such as Stalker, were featured very little in the cartoon, while characters who were less prominent in the comic book, such as Shipwreck, we're very prominent in the cartoon oh, series. I like Shipwreck. <laughs> the most notable difference... Who is the, the guy that always had the toothpick? I have no idea. Uh, that's Subway, the sandwich guy. <laughs> no. There was, there was a guy Subway. who always had it. The sandwich guy, marine? There, there, there was a guy... And I, I, I remember, you know the cards on the back of the... the Do I? 
Yeah, where you yes. cut out the cards. And uh, there's an interesting tidbit in here about those, by the way. And, and it actually mentioned on his on bio that, that he would chew on a single toothpick for weeks. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the, the most notable difference... Depends on how stressed he was. Were they mint? Uh, the most notable yeah. difference between the comic and the cartoon, however, is in its handling of combat. While the cartoon was notoriously campy about showing that every character in every battle survived, for example... Every shot of an aircraft being shot down was shown to have its pilot escape in a parachute. The comic did not shy away from death. Um, some of the, the titles that came off of the Marvel uh, first Marvel series uh, were G.I. Joe Special Missions, G.I. Joe Order of Battle, um, and a couple other... Uh, Order, of ba- uh, well, here. Order of Battle was a four-issue comic series that reprinted the data found on the action figures file cards with some edits <laughs> and all-new artwork of G.I. Joe characters by Herb Tripp. Published in 1987, the first two f- issues featured G.I. Joe members, while the third issue focused on Cobra, and the fourth featured various vehicles and equipment used by vehicles. both organizations. Here, this is a good one. The second issue caused some controversy when it erroneously listed Sylvester Stallone's Rocky Balboa as a character, uh, Rocky Balboa character as a member of G.I. Joe. While negotiations had taken place concerning the character's membership on the team, the deal had fallen through. Awesome. Right. <laughs> I could not I would love to see pretty much a borderline mentally handicapped man as a part of like America's fighting yeah. force. <laughs> a snake eyes gives me a point where you're gonna go. <laughs> but in Yo. fairness, Rocky Balboa ended the Cold War in Rocky Four. Well that he did. So something G.I. Joe something And G. they G. can do it. it. Anyway. Yeah, if you um, all can learn to like you <laughs> You can unlock me. I would ask you to tell your friends about the Around Comics podcast, but let's face it, your friends are a little bit on the two-dimensional side, aren't they? The third issue contained a retraction stating that Rocky Balboa was not and had never <laughs> been a member of G.I. Joe. The trade paperback edition of the series removed mention of the Rocky character entirely. Hit eBay, guys. Um, the success of these books translated into other spin-off series, including G.I. Joe vs. the Transformers, G.I. Joe European Missions, Tales of G.I. Joe... How to draw GI Joe and others, as well as being big, uh, as as well as issues being translated into foreign languages, including German, Spanish, Portuguese, French, Swedish, Norwegian, Finnish, Japanese, Arab, God, and uh, other languages. I like the European adventures. Uh, <laughs> None of their adapters worked in their hotels. <laughs> Beautiful. Keep it coming, guys. In 1987, <laughs> Blackthorn Publishing released six bi-monthly uh, issues of GI Joe in 3D and one annual. These issues would be read with 3D glasses. The stories do not really contradict the Marvel continuity, but are not generally considered canon and not in the same continuity as the new as the main Marvel and Devils Do runs. Interesting. Uh, Blackthorn also published the three official How to Draw G.I. Joe comics around the same time. Uh, in 1996, G.I. Joe Toy Line was relaunched in the G.I. Joe Extreme series. Uh, Dark Horse Comics acquired the rights to publish comics based on this property. The first... Started with a four-issue miniseries that introduced the character. The miniseries was written by Mike W. Barin, drawn by Tatsuya Ishida. Oh, Mike W. Barin. Uh, though the timeline and the cartoon tie-in are both titled J. Joe Extreme, the comics dropped the word extreme from the title. The miniseries was immediately followed by an ongoing series, a fickle comic market, and the poor performance of the toys quickly ended the series at four issues. Interestingly, Dark Horse Comics never mentioned it was canceled, but on hiatus in its news releases. <laughs> the Still story, might come out, guys. The stories are not set the same, same continuities in Marvel and Devil's Do Run. I think everything um, in 1996 was renamed Extreme. Yeah. I think, I, I think that was my Extreme, extreme junior year of high school. 
I'm still waiting for that and uh, Mike Norton's uh, Nightclub comic yeah. to come out. In, 19, in 1999, <laughs> new publishing upstart Bench Press Comics proudly announced the acquisition of the rights to produce the G.I. Joe and Transformers comics. The G.I. Joe project would have seen the return of Larry Hama to the... Is that, am I saying his name right? Is it Hama it, it, or it, Hama? Hama. Hama? It is best if we continue to say it the exact same Larry way throughout the Hama episode. to the property he helped Larry make. Larry H. Larry H. The, to make <laughs> popular. The plan was to release two G.I. Joe monthly series... One would feature a core cast of characters, while a second title would make use of a rotating cast with stories not unlike special missions. For various reasons, the negotiations stalled. Bench Press went bankrupt, and before even one issue was published, G.I. Joe Comics was in limbo wow. once more. So now, if you, so there aren't any out of Bench Press Comics. No, never they never, made never made any. Interesting. No Bench Press. Uh, in 2001... It is interesting. <clears throat> it's genuine. Another comic studio acquired the rights to G.I. Joe... Devil's Due Publishing, through Image Comics, released a four-issue miniseries written and drawn by Josh Blaylock, along with artists John Lartner and Steve Kurth. The comics convention special was released before the first issue. The miniseries was a, was a success and immediately led to a fifth issue and a monthly schedule. The new series continued the storyline from the Marvel Comics run and combined it with elements from the animated TV series. All the primary cast members return and many new characters are introduced. The new series also had several spin-offs, uh, series and miniseries, and was also responsible for bringing attention back to other 1980s properties such as Transformers, Masters of the Universe, and Voltron. In January of 2004, Devil's Due left Image Comics and began publishing as Devil Do, Devil's Due Productions. Today, Above the 7-Eleven right down the street. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Today, Devil's Due continues to publish multiple G.I. Joe titles, including G.I. Joe America's Elite, G.I. Joe vs. the Transformers, uh, Dreadnoughts Declassified, G.I. Joe Scarlet Declassified, G.I. Joe Sigma-6, G.I. Joe Reloaded, G.I. Joe A Real American Hero, and more. So there is your G.I. Joe history. You Yay. got it all, guys. I got it all. Wow. Yes. Please let us know lot. if you liked comic books. I have a funny G.I. Joe story. Okay. Uh, about three years ago, I got a phone call at about three in the morning from a friend of mine who lives in Seattle. And he said, I have a bet at a bar about the name of those two brothers who paid for Cobra. And no one here knows the answer. He's like, what are the names of those two guys? And he put it on speakerphone. I'm like, oh, Tim Hazen Zamot. And I heard this whole like, bar of people go, oh! And some people go, yeah! <laughs> well, there you go, yeah. man. Geeked him yeah, uh, paying off. Rules. And I went back to sleep that's like, hilarious. right afterwards. Um, well, so that that's the first installment of Comics 101, our G.I. Joe history, so that's probably We've more than... We've got a good one coming up next week. Next week is going to be a very good one, it, but uh, I just wanted to mm -hmm. mention that I'm going to also post this whole... Uh, I'm going to post this whole thing on the website. There'll be a new section or called Comics Or you can just go to Wikipedia. Well, there was not really... Nah, I know, no, you post some, some different he did, stuff. Um, he did some different stuff. I did some research, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't, like, you know, write Read. any of this. <laughs> I mean, I, even, I was Wikipedia just... I was, uh, but uh, there's also some links. There's some good links if you want to know more about G.I. Joe. There's some good websites out there, and, and I'll post those on the site. I guess, I guess it's probably a good time to talk about next week a little bit because Boo. the, the uh, spooktacular Halloween coming up. So <laughs> The spooktacular. The spooktacular. The we did, we, spooktacular. Yeah, we just did the Chicago Minicon, so now it's time for the Around Comic Spooktacular. Yes. Oh. So, yeah, if you want to know, I'm, I, I don't have no idea what you're going to do, but I'm figuring lots of EC comics and, and horror comics well, I know all we, over we, the place. We're looking at some special guests. I know um, Frankenstein. I think we're we're, we're gonna have uh, Steve Niles yeah, is yeah, gonna yeah. join us for a little while. Talk about horror comics mm -hmm. as sort of the guy who 
restarted the horror buzz in comics, really, with uh, sure. with his his stuff. Um, our buddy Brent from Brent. Uh, from Horrorwood, and we're we're trying to get a hold of uh, a gentleman from uh, uh, Gem Publishing who mm-hmm. publishes EC the EC archives and and uh, um, I can't remember his name, Chris. What's uh, his name? Uh, Russ uh, Cochran. Russ Cochran. I he, hope that's he's right. he's basically basically kept EC Comics alive mm-hmm. for like 40 years as his own personal pet project. So hopefully we'll get him on the phone and talk a little bit about EC Comics and uh, and then maybe some other people. Maybe too, an so. interview with Frankenstein. Sort of. Maybe. Could have that and then some <laughs> other Tom's, spooky. Tom's next interview. So yeah, we're gonna do a Halloween uh, spooktacular episode right. next. Excellent. Week. Love the Comics 101. Uh, thanks for putting that together. Sure, sure. And uh, yeah, I think that will. Uh, oh, and next week mm-hmm. will be uh, the history of EC Comics. <coughs> which Fantastic. Is fascinating stuff. Oh, I bet. Is there I anything bet. as creepy as a child playing with a toy whose main feature is its eyes move? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I can't get over that. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right. So now, where we would normally go into Wired Wire Comic News, we're going to put that off for just a couple yeah, minutes. Yeah, you. So you're, into you're, you're not yes. always going to announce it like that, are you? No. You're, you're going to announce. The change. It, this no, is for <laughs> those comic fans who don't like change. And people. Oh, okay, yeah, these okay. are for the people are, that are listen worried to our about first our episodes because Sal's like, we need to change. I didn't change, and he's just like, Chris never listens to me. He just nods yes and no don't and does do whatever he wants. So this is like ultimate Chris. This isn't like real. <laughs> Ultimate Rega- Chris. <laughs> this isn't like ac- the actual incontinuity. Chris. I was thinking it was like Earth X Chris. Earth X Chris. Nazis won right. on this. So what are they I'm excited. My baseball team won last night. I am powerful and mighty. All right. Enough about your. All right, guys. Now, 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 our under our second installment of the announcements here. Oh, please, 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 please. Well, first, please, before you beg them to order a book, we should tell them why. Because it's gonna kick ass. Well, Mike Norton, a friend of our show, and also the, uh, the one of the hosts of, of Crankcast, and mm-hmm. a talented artist in his own right, um, is taking over duties on a couple of issues of the All New Adam. The All New Adam, starting and, with issue number seven. And I'm officially giving up my boycott on that book. I, I, I said I was gonna boycott it because they were not gonna have John Byrne on it anymore. But now that Mike's gonna be on it for a couple of issues, and hopefully longer yeah. than just a couple. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm ahead of time too. So order it. Put order it. Out it. Out so list. yeah. First of all, get, I mean, Gail Simone's writing it, and it's a damn good story. It's a good book. It is a good book. You won't be disappointed. Yeah. But we're we're asking everybody to to go and order it and mm-hmm. check it out. Try. It. I, I tell you what, Mike's for, a good guy for, and mm-hmm. a good artist. And for all the listeners out there, yeah. go buy it, pre-order it, whatever. And if you do, email us at info at around comics or email me at chris at around comics. Let us know that you bought it because you heard us talk about it on the show. Because I, I want to be able to tell Mike, it's like, hey, X people said that they listened to us and they went out and they got the all new Adam because we said that they should check it out. So I would I would love for you guys to do it. So Order it. please go look out at and it. pick up the all new Adam. If you don't have a pull list, look at it, pick it up, maybe pick. I was going to do on that. You know mm-hmm. that variant cover and buy that. <laughs> you know, I was gonna do like a uh, thing. I was like, okay, if you order it, you know, scan in the 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 barcode <laughs> and send it in, and I'll send you something. But then I'm like, wait a minute, if like all of our listeners do that, Jesus I can't Christ. afford to send them anything. Can't afford stamps. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. 
so right. unfortunately, I can't send you. He's anything. very. You won't be disappointed. He's an. Oh my! my this yeah. isn't charity. He's an extremely good artist. Yeah. and it's a good writer. I, if you want to see what Mike is working on uh, these days, Runaways. just uh, check out Runaways. Yeah. he's the current artist on that, and and plus he's just just a hell of a nice yeah. guy. Listen to Crankcast too. I enjoy. And it. he's tall. They're starting a new story arc where Crank is uh, searching for a car. So if you <laughs> listen to the last episode, you'll be totally caught up. He's and been you can like understand. wandering around Chicago <laughs> yeah. looking for a car. He's so like, all you have to do is looking for like what, like a '63 Dodge Dart or something. Yeah, um, a Pacer. Pacer. He was going to get that Pacer off eBay. But listen, don't <laughs> spoilers for Crankcast. Go listen to it. You'll be caught up far enough. You can go back and listen to the yeah, air conditioning uh, like, arc like, and the television arc. Well, like, television arc. Episode, episode 54 was like a whole new creative relaunch of the, of yeah. the podcast. Yeah. Well, they tried to, you know, like trick everybody into the reboot. Yeah, the reboot. And yeah, it didn't anything, go over yeah. very well. Much like. I think they were a little disappointed because people, you know, didn't miss them quite much as much like, as they thought they would. No, I was pissed. <laughs> much like Bench Press Comics never actually released the issue of G.I. Joe. You were very that upset. Ab- that aborted first attempt at... At the uh, reboot? The post-crisis <laughs> crankcast. I want my multiverse back. Yeah, one year later, the post Yeah, one year later. All right, anyway. Uh, more announcements. Uh, the hotline, Sal. one g cast Give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the show just like this. David D. <laughs> hey, guys at Around Comics. It is David D. Calling from New York City. I hope you're well. Well, you really have to hit a lot of buttons to get to the voicemail. I'm not complaining, but I, I do sure think that like it. probably the president has to hit less buttons to launch. That's not true. He just needs two keys. Than, uh, than I just did. But it's worth it. It's worth it. I love the show, of course. And uh, I had a thought. I had a thing I was thinking of. Uh, since you are Chicago guys, I was wondering what you thought about, and maybe this could be you know, a short discussion, what you thought about Chicago stories in comics and uh, why it seems in comics that all the sort of native Chicago superheroes leave. You know, Kitty Pride was from Chicago, but she left at age 12 or 13 or whatever she was to go live in Westchester with the X-Men and then England, and she's, uh, she's never come back. Blue Beetle, Ted Cord, a great character from Chicago. Evanston. You know, did Chicago for a little while, but then left to go be with the Justice League in New York. You know, and then left for um you know for death rather than <laughs> left for death i think that's for where you bullet you know, or even you know i was thinking outside of superhero of, stories of. road to perdition of course is a great you know great chicago story but it's kind of i mean it's Pretty really actually from kind of about getting the hell out of chicago yeah. you know i mean most of that story oh, is like jesus how do we please we just i just want to get my son and i away as far away from chicago as that was I like can. back in the 20s well no that didn't start you know, in chicago though terrible people there no, no, and it I started in New York. It started you know, in Southern Illinois, and then it moved to Chicago. To, do to make Chicago more attractive. I'm from Southern Illinois. You know, to get more comic characters to come there and to stay there. You know, if there's <clears> anything <throat> like tax incentives, hot dogs, free hot dogs, making, free, making free best pizza in the world, and appreciated. We don't have you enough know, crime. As, as we don't have enough supervillains. That's the only thing that'll bring superheroes is supervillains. So Tom, get a costume, a gimmick. So many characters. They're saying they got the monopoly in uh, New York. Keep track well, they do. So it's because all the artists that I, I feel know, like on all those guys were from New York. York. I'd like to give you some, you know, the ones that you can just you can have. He's going to give us the crap because we have too many. Um, I understand. In the, in the I haven't read them, but in the latest issues, Nightwing is in New York City now. Hey, you can have him. You can have Nightwing. That's <laughs> all right. 
You know, we got a lot. He's giving um, away Nightwing as a, as a New Yorker. His... New East team Titans. I think they live in the East River. Have them. Take them. You know, or uh, Spider-Girl, Aranya, the Slingers, and really all the Spider-Slings, all the spider I, I never seen somebody, you like, have, take pride have, in where um, a comic character you know, is even, living. That's... It's East Coast biased. Whip the Mets ass. The village is changing a lot. And I Andy Chavez, catch be damned. lived in the village a long time, don't recognize it anymore. And maybe he could come, he could live on that, I don't know what it's called, but you know that pier in Chicago that has the Ferris wheel? Navy pier? On it, and the little midway. He could live there. You know, I bet that gets spooky at night. I think he'd like it. So I, I give you Doctor Strange. Anyway, Doctor Strange I, I would not helps. live on Nav- um, Navy Pier. Maybe right, again, maybe Lincoln Park. Discussion, you know, do you no. think Chicago is being shafted <laughs> with Wong? As a comic book right. yeah. you know, Humboldt Park. <laughs> about Humboldt it, you know, Park. do you think there's more that you Humboldt all could Park. be doing as Chicagoans? We don't. Anyway, love the show, and we don't uh, need them to hear more because we're not full of crime lords. We have a city full of heroes. They're called the Chicago Police Department. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> fire department. That's right. Real heroes. We don't need your superheroes. Yeah, there, there are there are there are more police in Chicago than my hometown has population. I think I think this call just comes directly from the Yankees not making it to the World Series. The East Coast bias. Yeah, East Coast bias. He's just insecure. You know, is he a member? Is he is he uh, an Eastern intellectual liberal? (laughs) (laughs) Is that like a eel? An eel? Is that David? Is a very clever young man. Yeah, that was was a very fun. How young is he? We don't really know. We don't want your stinking superheroes. I can't. I keep them. I cannot. I cannot wait. Until February, whenever we're in New York, because I, I'm really looking forward to meeting David and a the lot of only the thing I'm nervous about is when I show up with my my belt my belt made out of a rope and my <laughs> like straw hat that your I might get confused by all the tall buildings. Your, your, yeah, your, your, yeah, your corn pipe. There's people that drive cars and you pay them to take you places. <laughs> oh, this is sure is bigger than the city I'm from. <laughs> So anyway, th- thank you, David. We actually uh, we have another voicemail, which is from our buddy Andy Jewett. Uh, I had gone out to South Bend a couple weeks ago for the 24-hour comic book day, and Andy and all the folks at BuyMeToys.com, which is not a website, actually it is a website, but it's also a huge comic book store in South Bend, were participating in 24-hour comic book day, and I asked Andy if he would call in and give his report on it, so this is Andy's report. Hey, Around Comics, this is Andy Jewett with the 24-hour comic book day report. Uh, It was nice to see Chris and have him stop in. (laughs) Uh, for a little bit and hang out with us. It was, uh, I, I, I apologize for the fact that it's not really a social event. We weren't able to spend any quality time really, really talking. But, you know, when you're trying to basically finish a page every hour in 24 hours, uh, kind of have to stick to it. But it was great to see you. Um, hope you enjoyed your time at buymetoys.com. Uh, great owners there, Gene Kelly really generous folks they you know they let us take over their shop basically for a full day and just provided us with uh, food and drinks and just a fun atmosphere to work in i thought it was providing access i know we just have a good time and work together access 
Um, most everybody, there was about 10 of us participating, and just about everybody completed their 24 pages, which is pretty great uh, because it's obviously not a really easy thing to do. I got 20 pages done, so I didn't quite finish, but uh, I was pretty satisfied. The last time I tried to do this, I only got eight pages done. So I don't know, maybe the next time I'll be able to slam out 24 pages. Um, I'll be scanning the pages as soon as I get them back and post them on the forum for anybody who's interested in taking a look at what I got I done. And so I know Jamie Hood is on the forums a lot. Maybe he'll post his stuff. His stuff looked great. Um, so, yeah, that's about it. I mean, I highly encourage anybody who's even considering participating in the 24-hour comic that they do it next time around. It's a great event. It's a great way to see... Uh, where you're at in storytelling and just a good way to stretch yourself it's a it's a fantastic event so give out uh, eight balls at the door yeah the way i'm doing it (laughs) brown comics is great we uh we love the show i know i personally uh need your show to get through some of these 2 a.m drawing sessions when i'm trying to get stuff done it's a it's a nice motivator and just a uh a good way to entertain yourself while you're at the drawing board so uh, I really appreciate you guys. At 2 you're, yeah, you're doing a lot of good work, and Quite we hope to hear more from you. So, uh, yeah, keep it you up. You got me on a science Word. kick, you know that time? Science. Word. All right. Blinded. He, it's his. That's his. It's, that's his it's, iron, it's ironical. He doesn't mean so, it. So, thank you, Andy. And 20, 24 hour comic book day when I was there. A lot of fun. Those guys were working their asses off, but it looked like they were having a great time doing it. So that was uh, fun. You can go find the thread on our forum, the little report on it. Yep. Uh, Sal, shop at Around Comics. Shop at Around Comics. Go to the Amazon store, buy some Around Comics gear. Uh, yeah, just help us out a little buy bit. Buy a shirt, buy a coffee mug. Yeah. Buy it's a car. A stein. A stein, some thongs. <laughs> Around Comics Thong. <laughs> it's still there. Around Comics Thong. Oh, still there, sticker. Guys. Right. Uh, Pins, magnets. Frapper. Buttons. Now, this is. We're, we're catching up. This is like <clears throat> two weeks worth of Frapper. So, yeah. what's, let's what's, go. Let's go. Uh, now. David McLean, Anchorage, Alaska. <clears throat> McCreeth. McCreeth. Whatever. Syme. Syme. Another Australian. Is that Simi or Syme? I don't know. Let's say Simi. Simi. Semi? Melbourne, Australia. Another, Another Australian. We are huge we're in Victoria. Huge. And, and we're throwing down the gauntlet to There's Victoria. There's like five Australians that, that have signed up on Frapper. And I don't know. Australia's big, but I look on the Frapper map, and they don't look that far away. Yeah, they're like right next to each other. We're challenging all of the Melbourne area guys to get together. It's one dude with multiple personalities. Probably. I think is yeah. what it is. But get together and record, record yourselves yeah. and send it to us. Yeah. And have fun. Jonix. Australian story, actually. Yeah, uh, funny Australian. Yeah. Our, our intern is piping yeah. in. I, I got, well, you're, well, not, well, you're not, you pay, you're not to paid to be on mic. Okay. So, intern, right. use a mic, damn it. Sorry. Jeez. <laughs> no. you, you wouldn't give me a mic. Uh, so, I made a post about you know being excited about buying X3, and uh, you also made the same post, Chris, saying we were going to go pick it up that day. Somebody took the time to Google my screen name then found me and then searched me out through MySpace to send me a message trying to figure out where the alternate endings were on X-Men 3, and she happened to be from Australia. I was like, 
You wow, went through that much trouble? Anybody uh, else? And she actually had to create a MySpace account wow. to send me a message. And that's the only reason she couldn't. Couldn't she, she just sign up They'll for be the married forum? in I could, year. And I was like, couldn't you just like <laughs> she yeah, signed post up. it on the forum? Hey, listen, mystery, mystery woman. Uh, seriously. Sign up for here? the forum. That sounds creepy in so, some yeah, ways, though. Well, I don't know. That's a little, I kind of yeah. blame it on the fact mm-hmm. that you know how their toilets go backwards? It's kind of a backwards way of getting to people where she could have just done it directly. Next week, there's going to be a knock on his door at like 2 a.m. All right, all right. All right, intern, back to work. Thank you, listener. Mm. Uh, let's see. Who else is on the Frapper Mat? Jonix from Eustis, Florida. Uh, he said, uh, or she. I don't know if it's a he or she. Around Comics rocks. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Oh, uh, Ms. T- Tony Johnson. <laughs> no. I don't know if that's a man or a woman. Tony Johnson from England. Uh, keep up the good work, he said. Troy Cormier. Cor- Cormier. Cormier. How do you know it's Cormier? Because Riel Cormier used to be a pitcher for the Cardinals, oh, who are the, the National League representative of the right. World Series. Anyway, uh, ben Gartner, Portland, Oregon. He said, uh, I'm candidly enjoying a Captain America popsicle, true believers. I don't know what that Is means. That I think fellatio? it's cold in Oregon. Is that a fellatio reference? I, no, I, I don't want to know. Ratneff, uh, Brampton, Ontario, Canada. D-Man from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Big Wonder Woman fan. Baxter, Washington, Pennsylvania. Isn't that the second Washington, Pennsylvania we've had? Maybe yes, I, I think it, it, I think it was. No, we uh, had George Washington. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that's what it was, yeah. The funny name. <clears throat> um, he, uh, Baxter said, around comics around the world. Uh, Richard McAuliffe from Pontypridd? Pontypridd? Welsh things are... Wales? It probably is like Pontypridd, but... Two D's equal an F, F. in Welsh and right. crazy shit like that. Uh, oh, well. Richard said, uh, "Looks like I'm your first Welsh edition." Borda and all that. Then Borda, that, I don't know what that must be. Another Welsh, yeah, turtles all the way down. Yeah, I don't know it's these like people. The turtles thing. <clears throat> uh, sp- <laughs> speak American, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> these, these people. <laughs> Uh, We're gonna Jay, have to come over and invade your country and teach you how to talk like us. <laughs> Jay Beckett from Goose Creek, South Carolina. Another South Carolinian, uh, Gabriel Hardman. <laughs> I think he's a porn Hardman. star in Los Angeles, Hardman. California. Hardman. Um, Shane White, Seattle, Washington. He said, oh, Lord, sometimes I get so excited I black out. When I wake up, my pants are usually tied around my neck. Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Shane White is a ridiculously yeah, he, talented artist. He's on artist. our forum all the time. He's, he's a great artist. Shane, Shane is fantastic. Jay Mulford, Fairfax, Virginia. Kyle Fallon, Bakersfield. Why do I know that name? Kyle Fallon. Kyle Fallon. Kyle Fallon. Bakersfield, California. Jay Scars from Arlington Heights, Illinois. We heard Holly. from him. That's just earlier. right up the road. Simon McDonald, Ontario, Canada. Simon. The guy that was, was on, on the show. show. The Canadian. Oh, yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure. Uh, and that's it. That, that's Yay. all the Frapper. Hey, uh, Frapper good work, guys. Yeah. Keep signing up for Frapper. You can go to Frapper.com. It's F-R-A-P-P-R. Sign up more than once. Dot com slash around comics, or just go to our website under the community community section. Join us. It's one of us. One of us. Nice. One of us. Folks, please spread the Around Comics love. There's a few ways that you can do that. First one is the Listener LCS Challenge. We have a new flyer up there. It's been up 
for eh, a couple weeks now. So uh, just uh, go to the site, click on the Western LCS Challenge banner on the left side of the website, download that PDF, print it out, and if your comic shop is kind enough to display that in their store, we will mention you on the show, just like buymetoys.com at 6327 <laughs> University Commons. That, I thought it said blow me toys. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, what kind of... What kind wow. of comic shop is that? Kelly, Blow me you're going to shock Kelly. Sorry. 500 copies of Lost Girls. <laughs> nice. uh, Buymetoys.com at 6327 University Commons in South Bend, Indiana. It is a fantastic comic shop. The place is huge, and they have so much stuff. So I want to thank Kelly for being such a good host for 24-Hour Comic Book Day. And also check out the uh, the Oz Wonderland uh, Chronicles, because uh, Kelly and her, her husband, who I, I, Casey, I believe is his name, uh, Casey d- works on the Oz Wonderland Chronicles. Oh, really? So check that out. Yes. Yeah, he oh, I draws didn't know it. that. Yeah, he draws it. So, uh, it, real interesting comic. Uh, the Dragon Slayer uh, comics and fantasy at uh, sixty one eleven Burnett Road in Austin, Texas. This is our uh, our other new one. Austin. So, uh, we have yeah, uh, we have a flyer. There's only two things that come out of Austin, Texas. No, it's, never mind. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> so uh, once again, Dragon Slayer comics Them and fantasy people. at sixty one eleven Burnett Road in Austin, Texas. Thank you. Uh, along with the Source Comics and Games in Falcon Heights, Minnesota, and California Card and comics in Elk Grove, California. And of course, Dark Tower Comics in Chicago. Of course. So if you have a chance, uh, drop us a vote at Podcast Alley. I think we're liking the top 100 or Real damn close this month. It's kind of funny. Yeah, we'll never push it. And, of course, my favorite, the iTunes Music Review. Go to iTunes and the iTunes Music Store. Find Around Comics and write us a review. Be as cool as Andy Parks. We're stuck at 58. Yes, we've been get on us 58. To 60, guys. Who's going to get us to 60? That's the big the question. race to 60. Me. F- 59 and 60 will we'll read your review a fortune next cookie. Can I tell okay, you guys. a fortune cookie story? Yeah, okay, real fortune quick. cookie Just story. real quick. I, I don't need Not that we want to talk about fucking comic <clears throat> books or anything. I don't, Sorry, Alex. I don't need fortune cookies any longer because the last time I, I opened a fortune cookie, a spider crawled out of it. Ew. Swear to God. That's Ew. good luck, though. That's no, good that's luck. what I thought. Chinese That's what I thought until I talked to this Chinese guy I work with, and he said it's like a curse. Yeah. So... I'll eat the shit out of that. <laughs> Alright, guys, that is the first half of the show. It really? is time to move over Jesus to the news Christ. desk. It's time for Wire to Wire Comic News. These are your top headlines for the week of October 16th, 2006. IDW Publishing is pleased to announce the return of Star Trek to the realm of comic books. The legendary science fiction franchise that spans six television series, ten motion pictures, and hundreds of novels celebrated its 40th anniversary and named IDW Publishing as the source for all new Star Trek comic book voyages. IDW's plans for the Star Trek franchise and comics are far-reaching and will unfold over the next few months. The first Star Trek miniseries will debut in January of 2007 in conjunction with the 20th anniversary of Star Trek The Next Generation. I couldn't be happier to be shepherding Star Trek comics into the 21st century, said IDW's publisher-slash-editor-in-chief Chris Ryle. Not only is this one of the most storied franchises in all of entertainment, but its history in comics is a long one, too. And yet, despite the abundance of different Star Trek comics that have come along in the past, we've hit on some unique ways to bring new vibrancy and creativity to the line. 
Dark Horse has released a huge amount of information on upcoming books. Check out what Howard Shaken and Mike Mignola are working on together, or what creators are going to honor Yusugi Ujimbo's Stan Sakai. Want to know what's coming in Conan, or take a sneak peek at Rob Espinosa's The Courageous Princess? All that and more is available for your viewing pleasure at www.darkhorse.com, and it looks like 2007 is going to be an exciting year for the folks at Dark Horse. Marvel's Iron Man continues to attract Hollywood gold as Marvel Studios announced that Academy Award nominee Terrence Howard has joined the cast of the highly anticipated film. Howard will take the role of Jim Rhodey Rhodes, Tony Stark, a.k.a. Iron Man's best friend, in the project slated to launch into theaters May 2nd of 2008. The addition of Howard solidifies an impressive foundation for Marvel Entertainment's first self-financed and produced feature film that also includes Oscar nominee Robert Downey Jr. in the title role and John Favreau directing. The move also reinforces the continued allure of Marvel's superhero universe among Hollywood's most celebrated actors. The votes are in, the winners have been decided, and Dynamite's Army of Darkness comic book series has won a Spike TV Scream Award. The series joined other comic book winners, including Frank Miller, who was honored with the Comic-Con Icon Award and voted Best Comic Book Writer for All-Star Batman and Robin, Sean Phillips, who was named Best Comic Book Artist for Marvel Zombies, and speaking of Marvel Zombies, the runaway Marvel hit by Kirkman and Phillips was voted Best Comic Book. Dynamite's Army of Darkness won its Scream Award for Best Screen-to-Comic Adaptation. For a full list of the Scream Award winners, go to www.aroundcomics.com. Relaunched last month, the new incarnation of ComicsInTheClassroom.net now features regular columns by All Ages experts such as Tracy Edmonds and John Norris. Interviews with All Ages creators such as J.M. Dematius, Kevin Graveau, and Mike Bullock will be joined by regular press releases, reviews, and news regarding the latest information on All Ages comic books. Comics in the Classroom is striving to become the place where teachers, parents, students, and comic fans of every age can find the latest news and resources focusing on all-ages comic book content. Warren Ellis' next wave sold surprisingly well, but not well enough for both Ellis and series artist Stuart Immelman to continue on as a team for the ongoing series. This was from Warren Ellis's Bad Signal newsletter. What they found was that at our current sales levels, they could afford for me to write it, but not for Stewart to draw it. Stewart, as a Marvel-exclusive artist, commands a fee commensurate with his astonishing talent. I could continue to write Next Wave, but we'd need to find another artist. This, to me, was just wrong. Everyone at Marvel pitched in to try and make it work, but the numbers were just against us. So, Next Wave number 12 will be the final issue on the ongoing series. However, the numbers game changes whenever you talk about things in terms of a limited series. Next Wave number 12 will be the last issue of the ongoing series, but there will be more Next Wave to come presented as a sequence of limited series. J. Michael Straczynski and Mark Silvestri will appear at the New York Comic Con as guests of honor, joining other newly named guests including Gene Colan, Peter David, Michael Golden, George Perez, and Kevin Smith. 
The list of special guests who will appear at the New York Comic Con is growing day by day, notes Greg Topolian, the event director for the New York Comic Con. We couldn't be happier with the enormous talent that has come on board already, and we're looking forward to making many more announcements about guest appearances in the weeks and months ahead. The New York Comic Con will take place in New York City at the Jacob K. Javits Center, February 23rd through the 25th. Dangerous Supernatural World of John Constantine just added its newest recruit, and it could mean trouble for everyone's favorite mystical raconteur. Vertigo is proud to announce that versatile and renowned writer Andy Diggle will be the new regular writer on Hellblazer, the imprint's longest-running series, starting with issue number 230, hitting stores in March. Diggle, best known for a lengthy and acclaimed run on titles such as The Losers, Swamp Thing, Lady Constantine, and Adam Strange, will be taking the character of John Constantine back to his roots with a potent mix of supernatural horror and social relevance. And while Diggle will be mining Constantine's rich history, these stories will clearly serve as an ideal jumping-on point for new and former readers of the series. This Halloween, Tomorrow's Publishing is treating the first 500 people who visit their web store to a free copy of back issue number 18. Tomorrow's, publisher of the comic industry's top historical and how-to magazines, is offering this opportunity to try their acclaimed magazine, spotlighting the best comics and creators of the 70s, 80s, and today, in an effort to expose more readers to their top-selling publication. There's no tricks, said Tomorrow's publisher, John Morrow. Our hope is that after sampling this amazing issue, even more people will start to order back issue at their local comic shops or subscribe. Starting at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Tuesday, October 31st, the first 500 customers who visit Tomorrow's website at www.2twomorrows.com can click the link for back issue number 18, place it in their shopping cart, and it will be mailed to them at no cost the following week. The offer is limited to one copy per customer and or address. For the full story, please check out www.aroundcomics.com. Top headlines for the full version of these and other stories. Go to www.aroundcomics.com, your source for the best in comics news, reviews, and opinions. Those are your top headlines for the week. Uh, from the top here, speaking of Gateway Comics, and we had touched on it briefly when we were uh, discussing it earlier, uh, IDW is going to be publishing Star Trek comics. What does IDW stand for? I have no idea. <laughs> Independent go? Distributing of Wealth. I don't know. I just I wonder if it's, it has to stand for something, right? We'll have to check out the right. site and, and and check it out. So, uh, yeah. So Star Trek comics coming back. IDW's got them. Star Trek. Uh-huh. I love Data. <laughs> I can't get enough of that character. I have a Data T-shirt. I like the dancing. What is it? Is it his face? Or? It's his face on the front. <laughs> on the it? back, it says "Fully Functional." <laughs> 
That's the coolest <laughs> Data shirt I could imagine. I I'll think. wear it next time. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, th- this 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 story is so old because we've been doing 50th episodes and whatnot. About about three four weeks ago, it was announced that um, uh, Rhodey Rhodes is uh, is going to be played by Terrence Howard. That wasn't that long ago, was it? It's like three weeks. Was ago, it three yeah. weeks? Really? Yeah, yeah. Terrence Howard is going to be Rhodey. Yeah, but I wanted to. I wanted to put it in the news because it's, it's a big deal. That yeah. that cast is really starting to. Favreau's come really, together. you know, cranking up the Academy Award nominees. Yeah. Robert Downey, Terrence Howard. We're starting to. Yeah, we're starting to get some Jamie, really big uh, time talent. Dame Judi Dench is going to be in it. <laughs> Who's she gonna be? And uh, Pepper Potts. The suit. <laughs> Pepper Potts. <laughs> Thank nice you. <laughs> She's gonna be the suit. <laughs> Judy, I gotta put on Dame. She has to get there like three hours earlier than everyone else so they can it's carve CGI her Dame Dame Duty. Oh goodness! Uh, Army of Darkness won an award at the Spike TV Scream Awards. And Sal, you told me that you had watched the Scream Awards. Yeah. I, I well, I I T voted and then I I like fast forwarded through most of it and watched a few things. I you watched like, stop for the comic stuff. Basically. Yeah, I stopped for the comic stuff. I mean, you know, I I I was a huge like horror fan, and I like the idea of the whole scream. You can't Wars. wait it's for the spectacular, can you? Oh, You're yeah. excited. But he comes up to me a day at work. He's like, "Oh, I know what we got to do next week. It's Halloween. We're doing we're doing a show on on horror comics." I'm yeah. like, "All right, sounds good. We to have me. to." Um, but uh, Scream Awards was kind of interesting. I thought, you know, it was a it was a pretty good idea, but I thought it was executed poorly. Um, but the th- yeah, I mean, the thing I liked about it is they don't take it seriously at all. They know what they are. I mean, it's like you know we're we're doing a, a award show about all the crap that nobody ever talks about, all the stuff you know, whether it's comics or TV or horror movies or whatever it is. So that was kind of the cool. Devil's Rejects is never going to get nominated, right? For exactly, best, you know. You know movie. But but the couple of cool things that Robert Kirkman accepted an award for uh, uh, Marvel, Marvel Zombies, oh, no Marvel, Marvel Zombies, Zombies right, yeah. uh, best comic. And then Frank Miller. It's so funny because it's Marvel Zombies was fun, but it's not The Walking Dead. It, it's just it doesn't. Well, happen. I mean, it all depends on what you're judging it on. I mean, it's yeah, but it's, it is newer, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, Frank Miller got a sort of lifetime achievement award or something. I don't know what they call. I'm it. sure he's got that, he that, that. That's <laughs> the Scream Award yeah. lifetime achievement. I'm sure that's right on top yeah, of the fireplace. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, he had, he had a really weird speech. I don't think he's real comfortable talking in public. But no way. Um, but you know, over I, the worst part of it was like the three hostesses that they had for it. It was. Uh, I don't even know who the hell it was. I, I can't even remember their name. Tara Charmed Reed. Or, uh, N- no, not Tara Reed. <laughs> <laughs> Rose McGowan. Rose McGowan. Yeah. Um, uh, what's her name? The the UTF, or is it UTF? Oh, uh, oh Cold Time Crash. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Name? Is that her name? No. No, the one from Sin City. Rosario. Oh, Dawson. Rosario Dawson, and then some other blonde, and they were just bad. I mean, they were trying to like be funny and sexy, and it's not easy to be funny. <laughs> That's right. It's not. <laughs> not and easy, man. They were just horrible. Just and, you know, me. it was it was okay. I mean, but it was kinda, like I said, it was kind of <laughs> cool because. It, you know, they they took it for what it was, and it was all about you know the sort of stuff that fans really dig. But you know, any normal award show is not going to pay any. But attention. it's cool that they really did focus. But they on, did focus on, on comics, comics and, and they, cool. they, I thought that one of the most telling things were both Frank Miller and Robert Kirkman had mentioned at one point in, in their <clears throat> individual speeches about you know it's like you know us in the comic industry and the, meaning them um, you know really just want to be 
thought of as any other medium, whether it's television or film, you know, that kind of thing. So I thought that was kind of interesting that they both happened to mention the same sort of thing. So Sure. But So, there you go. All right. Uh, Comics in the Classroom has been relaunched. <clears throat> Comicsintheclassroom.net. Yes. So check them out. Good yeah. stuff. Uh, next Wave. It's now limited. No they, more Next Wave. Well, more no, Next no, Wave. No, no, no. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's not an ongoing, but it's not the end. Right. I don't think They're this is do a bad minis? thing, necessarily. No, I think it's a good... Uh, <clears throat> yeah, because I could see that book kind of running out of... I think with a book like Next Wave, you're always walking a very thin line between the joke getting old. Yeah, yeah. You know, like... Absolutely. So, do you... Does it, do you really want 30 issues of Next Wave? Every, you know? But it'll be, it'll be nice to have a couple of yeah. you know, four issues, six issues. You know? Always want people wanting more. Yeah. That's the key to comedy. Well, and, and I think <laughs> Ellis probably could yeah. carry it for 30 issues, but... He wants to keep it consistent. And know, consistently yeah. good, yeah, I guess. I think. You know. Well, it's kind of like the, the BPRD thing. If BPRD was an ongoing series, I think it would run out of steam. But I like the fact that it is... You know, relaunched miniseries. Right. Each story is a is a new. Well, series. I thought the interesting thing about this story was that they could, you know, <clears throat> it, it didn't sell well enough for them to pay both uh, Warren Ellis and Stuart Immam. <laughs> they couldn't pay them both yeah. off of it, so that's why they're kind of canceling. But, yeah. re- <laughs> Sorry, but but there will be more next next wave. Yep. After number twelve. Uh, and yeah, and once again, it'll be in in. You know, ongoing, not ongoing, it'll be in renewed series coming up. So, uh, J. Michael Straczynski, Sylvester, Mark Silvestri, and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, George Perez, Michael Golden, Peter David, Gene <coughs> Colan, Kevin Smith, and around comics will be in the New York Comic Con. <laughs> yeah. So, the Javits, Jenkins Javits Center. What is it? Jacob yeah. K. Javits. Javits. February 23rd to the 25th. Look so. for Around Comics in Artist Alley. New or York. Next Artist Alley. Come New drink York. with us. Come stand with us. Yeah. David Except D can berate us get, for coming from little Chicago yeah. where there's get, no heroes. Get cranky with us. He's, get I, tired. I don't think I'm going to be there, though. But you guys have fun. Yeah, we're going to end up pulling you there. Hug Tom. You've got to talk to my wife. I don't I'll know. talk It's going to be called a Let's hug call Tom. Let's call her right now. Get, no. Get your number. Kim? No. We're not calling my wife. He's kind of, he's Let's have a Hug Tom, Shove Chris contest. Although I, oh, I, I did think so. <laughs> I, said, I said, honey, you know, dozens of people are waiting for me dozens. to show <laughs> There's dozens of people. <laughs> and, so you're going to be hearing uh, a lot more really about the New York Comic Con in the, in the coming weeks and months. Uh, John Constantine, getting new writer. Yeah, Andy Diggle. Or no. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Am I right? Diggle. Andy yes, Diggle. Andy Diggle. Which, That's if you, an interesting he, pick. He, has he done any horror stuff, really? Uh, Swamp Thing. He, uh, oh, yeah, he did kinda, do the Swamp Thing. Runs along. There's been a couple of Diggle announcements. Which, which is funny, because Constantine came out of... Swamp, Swamp Thing, thing. Yeah. originally. Yeah. So it, it all comes it well, all comes back. And you also got announced that him and Jock are doing the Green Arrow Year One. Really? Yeah, miniseries. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's that. cool. Yeah. If you guys have not checked out They're doing the a losers, bunch of Year Ones, aren't they? Like five yep. of them? They're doing a whole, nope. whole crap load of Yeah, the guy ones. who did Flash number three is doing, the artist, uh-huh. is doing uh, the Teen Titans Year One. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's a good fit. With the writer yeah, from really the Teen Titans TV show. Did you read Flash number... Whatever came out this Number week. Five. No, it, different artist again. I don't. I can't. Not Salvaludo, but that's what it said on the cover. Oh really? It's not Salvaludo. It's Roy Adrian. They but. screwed it up. <laughs> Jesus, they don't Surprise. know who's drawing it. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, it so, was better. Uh, I thought. I mean, you read it? it? Yeah, I did read it. Oh I shit! Think. 
Now you told me that. Now I'm I, sorry. Well, Tom's, Tom's gonna have to run over and get. It I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I if, mean, if you if you have the, not read The Losers, please do yep. so. Really great. good series, and I think it's gonna be one of those that people will look back on. You know, a yeah. couple years from now, I saying, still "Wow, yeah. I have the first trade, and I, I still haven't yeah, read it." Gave oh, is that yours? Yeah, I thought I bought it. You're <laughs> No, I gave that. I need to read that. <laughs> but if you like that, if you like the losers, they're doing Green Arrow, which I'm sure will be fantastic with them. Uh, something, something else coming out here. Something, one, something one of else? one of our favorite uh, publishers of comic related magazines. Issue. Tomorrow's yes, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. is going to be giving away a free copy of back action, not just a free copy, but 500 issue. copies of back issue number 18, the Green and Lantern one. Yes, yeah. yes it is. So I believe that's in comic stores now. So don't wait for Halloween to come around to get your free copy. Run into your comic store and pick it up. Cause it's, but if it's you can't, visit their website on uh, Tuesday, October 31st. First 500 customers will uh, get a free copy. Yep, starting at 10 a.m. Free, Eastern and you don't even Standard have to pay time. shipping, I don't think. No, they, they send it to you free. Yeah. I, got, uh, I mean, free, free. I got getting free, it. Free, I, free. I got back issue number one from them on Free <clears throat> Magazine Day, which was yeah. Free Comic Book Day, and they uh, sent me a copy of uh, back issue number one, and I got a copy of. Uh, or my girlfriend at her place got a copy of <laughs> Alter Ego. Oh, <laughs> working the system, nice. Hey, but a uh, poor publishing company like Tomorrow's, and you're taking advantage of it. Hey, but I, I real do, nice. I, I buy their product. So Tomorrow's is so, fantastic. Hey. I, 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 I they so. put out good, good magazines. Yes, real good. All right, guys, that's the news. That's the news. The week. <sighs> I feel so informed. All right. <laughs> For the first time ever. Another new mini Never. segment coming up now. Finally, oh, it is? It's Chris's top three favorite wines. Oh, you've been talking about this. I'm not sold on this whole concept. <laughs> we'll see how this flies. Yeah, we'll see if we're going to edit every, this out every, or not. Or every <laughs> week, I'm reading, I, I read comics, and I'll be like, that wine, you take it out of context. It's so funny. Do we have to guess where they're from? Sure. So it's books that came out this week? Uh, but I've yeah. already seen them. I know where they're from. Oh. Okay. So, I have so, Oh, yeah. okay. Well, so, here. I'll guess. I have so, a week. I, I won't know. I have a line to add for last week, which you? I thought right. was one of the best lines. Okay. But you can. I'm gonna. Uh, sorry. My, uh, my, so my the first... concept of this is you pulled quotes out, out, of, out, of, out, out of books, comics. For, out of comics, and then you're just yeah, going to read them just, out of context. Just really good wine okay. out of books. Let's hear them. Uh, the spirit of Elmerta Nigra is eternal. I know which one that came out of. That came out of uh, Exterminators. Exterminators number That was a great line. That's just a great character. Kevin too. throwing on the I just love, yeah, mask. Yeah, he puts the mask on. You turn, you know, they turn around and they see him, and he's wearing yeah. the mask. What's rock? Uh, you know, what, what's actually? I think it translates. As, he's like uh, a superhero now. He's you know. Oh yeah, you know. it's read exterminators. Exterminators ten is fantastic, but I, I think that I think that translates to uh, the black death. The spirit of the black death is eternal. Well, it is. He is the black death. He is I, the black I believe death. He is the, the spirit of the black death. And uh, and my next uh, my next <laughs> favorite line was blooded. Yes, blooded, as in the fox hunting blooded, blooded boy. You've never rode to hounds. Oh, that was uh, X Factor. No. Yeah, it was. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Oh wait! I know I read that. Hold on. Blooded, blooded, blooded. Warren Ellis, a clue. You've been. Blooded. Oh yeah, yeah. You've it been was blooded, Warren Ellis. Boy. It was. Uh, um, uh, uh, Desolation Jones. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Very, very cool. I was mixing up thing. that character with the Trip character from 
from Damian X Factor. Trip. Yeah, I, Damian I, Trip. I've not read X Factor this week. I have it. It's still on the still on the pile. It's all uh, about hunting foxes. That's why you got confused. <laughs> it was, it, yeah, really weird. He's talking about you've never been blooded. He's like, what's blooded? It's like on your first. I, I, oh yeah, that was I'm another. Assuming. That was another uh, Ellis character that hates Americans. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. Great. Thanks, Warren. But I, but apparently, I guess on your Get first, on your first war. on your first fox hunting. You, you would come back and they would cut the <clears throat> tail off of a fox and rub like it on your face. face. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny because you're probably some sort of anemic royalty who's like <laughs> t- five foot three. With bad teeth. And oh, horrible teeth. <laughs> and blood all over your face. Fox but, but yeah. Oh, thank you, Mom. Thank you, Mom, for the fox tail. <laughs> I just chased a poor little animal. <laughs> And my, la- my, my last, what a bunch of big men. Chasing my last fox. favorite line for the week Horses was and shotguns. <laughs> my last favorite line was, "They don't make you deputy director of Shield for having a nice rack." Oh, uh, that was Union Jack. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was very funny. All right. Can I add my one line? Yeah. Yes. yes. Wow, I'm surprised they knew all those. Very good. My, it's actually dialogue, and it goes, <clears throat> "Black Adam, Shazam, ISIS." What the hell are you doing? Seeing if it's contagious. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was, that was, that was really good. the question. Right? Yeah, yeah, from week 23 of, uh, <laughs> of 52. 52. Yeah, that yeah, I laughed good. out loud, That was actually. a cool issue, man, with him doing that yeah. with Black Adam. Black Adam has turned into one of my favorite characters with in that, comics. That that actually made me laugh out loud. Yeah, that was funny. It. That was yeah. that was real good. Chris has no, no idea. You didn't, you, I'm not reading 52. <laughs> 52 is good. Uh, you know... I started. I got like eight issues into Fifty Two, and I was kind of eh, with it, and I, I dropped a couple, and then I came back to it again. And man, it's it's really actually good. Okay, especially the Black Adam stuff is fantastic. He's I mean, a great he, character. As much of a Rucka, as much of a Rucka fanatic I am. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, I, yeah, I should be reading it. But uh, if it's that was funny. That was. Really it just, good. I didn't have a line. Oh well. It feels overwhelming. I can make one up. All right, guys. Uh, that means it is time. There was a great. Wait, I do have a line. Hold oh, on. Oh, you do? <clears throat> yeah. I was trying to transition <laughs> into our. Oh, you already pulled one out of here, didn't you? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You gave it away. Oh, well, you already. You said you already. Oh, there was a really good line. Narrowed it down to three. I thought. Um, I gotta find it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Tom, did you like Desolation Jones this week? What you? I didn't read it this week. Oh, you haven't read it. New artist. Hard for me to transition mm. from the J.H. Williams art. I, by the end of the issue, I was I was digging it, but man, I love J.H. Williams. Yeah, yeah, he was great, but I like this stuff. Anyway, the, the line was: "In my experience, death is like a fucking bus. You wait and wait, and then three turn up at once, and none of them are fucking yours." I so love that I line. That I almost line. made that my line. That was a good line. Desolation Spe- Jones I mean, this week, great story. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get used to the art. Who did the art on that? Uh, his Danny name Dangel. Dangel Jesus. <laughs> Some God, this is gonna be the fucking <laughs> worst name to try and fucking pronounce. Look it's, at that. It's D A N I J E L. That's a lot of vowels. Dangel. Yeah. It's Z E Z E L J. How do you pronounce Zezel? Zezel. It's Warren Ellis and Steve Smith. Yeah. So it was good. Yeah. It was it was a really good issue, though I thought. So anyway, well, I, I like the story. All right. Uh, well, I tell you what. Let's talk about uh, some more comics in Top of the Stack. Top, top of the, top stack. Of the stack. Stack, stack, stack. That's right. It's Top of the Stack. Our chance to let you, the listener, know what we, the panel, have been reading for the last week. We're gonna change things up a little bit. Uh, Tom and Sal and I, you know, we're all talking about it and. 
we always try and get new comics and mm-hmm. and things that we haven't read. Yeah, well, the con- the concept at the top of the stack when we originally came up with it was let's pick a comic, each of us pick a comic of the mm-hmm. week that we read, and talk about it to try and introduce maybe stuff that people aren't reading to you know and say why they should read it. But the problem is we, you know, we keep running into the problem that the books that are, we like the best are the same ones that we've talked about before. Sure. So how many times do you want to hear me say exterminators? Right. You, you know, know like, that, exactly. Well, or or Casanova. It's like this week is like Desolation Jones, yeah. Casanova. You know, exterminators. exterminators. Get rid of the pretense. Get rid of the pretense of the <clears throat> right. So we're, we're just gonna gonna talk about what we read this week, good and bad. Good and yeah. bad. We're gonna talk about what books mm-hmm. came out in the week and and, uh, and and not bad, but wanting maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> wanting books nice that left way. us wanting. wanting more, wanting more. <laughs> wanting something else. Um, something top of the stack is <laughs> brought to you by the, the damned. damned. Created by Colin Bunn and Brian Hurt and published Never by Oni One Press. One fine goddamn book. I'll read you the quote in a minute. Um, <laughs> Quotes. It's the oldest story in the book, right? The rich get richer while the poor get the bums rushed straight into the gutter. High and mighty gangsters rake in the dough hand over fist. Rival criminal families hit the mattresses. And anyone who gets in the way ends up in the in world. <laughs> Open warfare and gangland murders are as common as night and day. But here's what but, you don't know, wise guy. But, as powerful as the mobs are, a more sinister force is pulling their leashes. Using greed, gluttony, and lust to fuel as much more lucrative trade, human souls. Those demons and mortals in half-rate scratch and claw for their place of the pie, Eddie, cursed and unstable to re- unable to rest, finds himself caught smack dab in the middle of a sinister web of kidnapping, betrayal, and damnation. The damn number one <laughs> is available now. <laughs> you guys are crazy. Uh, in, a, in an underworld. <laughs> Um, and, and We're going to change the name of the show to Up Chuckles. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and if you look on the cover of The Damned, around comics.com says, The Damned Who is a damned good idiots? story. The team the of Bun and Hurt about. have created something that has a world. We fooled someone. In a or world. you could say <laughs> an, underworld an underworld of promise. It is Guys, underworld. Uh, the Damned came out this week. Uh, our... our for, I, I, fantastic! I, so good. First worth issue. worth the entire three fifty. If you're someone who thinks you see a book that's over two ninety nine and you're intimidated, this book took a while to read. You're not going to flash through it, and it was completely worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Was, I I loved it. You know okay. the thing. The thing I thought was cool about it was that it, you know the the concept. You know, it's like the Sopranos and yeah. the demons kind of thing. Yeah. You would think that would be sort of for whatever reason, it would be played out already, but it, it wasn't at all. It was completely fresh and and. and I think it's just they added just enough stuff outside. I mean, any book, any crime book is going to have cliches in it. Right. I mean, it's you can't. The only way to separate yourself out is to add twists or elements that maybe you're not used to seeing, and I think. A book like The Damned has done it, just like a book like Criminal did it. They mm-hmm. added just enough stuff just enough to make, to, it, to make new. it unique and, yeah. and yeah, and the character the character Eddie is just a uh, great character well, and just and the, the whole concept the of him. Eddie's not a likable guy. He's he's a two bit punk mm. criminal, but But he gets know, away with so much because he can't die. He can't die. Which is just the cool and you want to root from him root for, for him. him from the beginning just because he's such a sad little son of a bitch. Yeah. 
it, it was it, oh he's getting played so bad it was it was really really good and yeah. um can't wait to see more from those guys yeah and I, brian hurt's art is awesome i got a uh, a book i want to talk about that came out this week and i uh i wasn't i didn't think i'd really be able to talk about it today because it's it's a it's a hard cover mm-hmm. and it's a big you know kind of a big book but i started reading it last it's night on, on the can <laughs> and I couldn't like nothing like reading hardcover ever. My my legs fell asleep because I couldn't your, stop your, reading. Your wife it. is like, "Honey, are <laughs> you okay in there?" <laughs> um, Fables: One Thousand One Nights of Snowfall from uh, Bill Willingham through Vertigo. Um, I'm a big Fables fan, but you don't have to be at all to pick this book up because it happens all long before the regular Fables storyline started. Um, a lot of the same characters, and as Bill Willingham says in his own introduction, you already know these characters from fairy tales, and you know, what makes it accessible it's, it's to everyone. So um, this story is a little bit different than what you might normally see in a fables book. It starts off as prose with some illustrations, and then it goes into um, about eight different stories that are done more in the comic book format, with a little bit of prose thrown in between, and and it, it all makes sense because it's a story of. Snow White traveling to Arabia to talk to the Sultan to try and enlist their help in combating the adversary. If you don't know what what um, that means, it's because you haven't read fables, but you don't really have to to read the book. <clears throat> uh, when she gets there, they kind they kind of capture her or whatever, and uh, he wants to um, marry her and then kill her. Because that's sort of his ritual. I guess he had a queen that cheated on him. So now every night he marries a virgin and the next morning he kills her. So that's sort of the 1,001 one one nights. Um, so Sounds like Tom's college years. Yeah. <laughs> so Madison's a crazy town, guys. It's like a mad town. So, um, Go Badgers. <laughs> so anyway, uh, to try and get out of it, Snow starts telling him stories of the fables because he, he likes stories, and so she starts telling them. And that's where the comic stories come in. Just great stuff. The art in this book is phenomenal. It, the illustrations, whether it's the comic book stuff or the prose stuff, just amazingly gorgeous. And for nineteen ninety nine, this book is worth every single penny. Um just a great book. I don't know if any, either of you guys read it or not, but uh, it's got art by uh, illustrations by uh, Brian Boland, John Bolton, Mark Buckingham, Jill Thompson, Tara McPherson, uh, McPherson, and others. And it's uh, like I said, for twenty bucks, it's worth every cent. Oh, it was it, really, it really looked, good. It looked great, and <clears throat> I, I hope people aren't. Uh, that's right up there with uh, Pride of Baghdad as far as hardcovers. Don't be, you know, it, it's it's worth it. Oh yeah, pick it up. Yeah, pick it, it was up. real good. So if you can. So what else came out this week, guys? <laughs> what about the uh, Grant Morrison had two books come out yes, through Authority. Wildstorm Authority and Wild Wildstorm is coming. And I'll tell you what, when it, when I when I knew that you know I I got my book sheet last night and opened them up and that was the first one I read. The Authority because <laughs> I'm a huge Authority fan <laughs> and I'm a Gene, big Grant Morrison and, well, fan. Gene, Gene Ha. Gene Ha. Uh, I figure it no. I'm like you, well, I'm like this is read. a I'm, I'm like this is a top of the stack guaranteed before I you ever you read the them. first chapter of a trade yeah so you just I, read. <laughs> I don't know what they're trying to do with this I mean first of all there's no authority in it you don't see any other than on the cover there's none none of the characters in the book I I could live with that except I, the story just didn't do anything I mean no, it didn't really go anywhere I mean people talk about decompression and 
I, you know, I would the, certainly the, put this. This is a book the, so heavily previewed. Yeah, I think this is what uh, it is. It's, yeah, they're I mean, expecting you to know that the authority is supposed to come into our world. So this whole issue is just this is our world. But guess right. what? I don't. Who wants to read about divorce? See, I, I, I <laughs> like, yeah, you know, like that's the weird thing. And and the art in it was what really kind of threw me off because I love I Gene liked, Ha's work. Gene Ha is a great artist, and I can't say that the art in this was bad. But it was just so it, it odd, was and, and it was, yeah, and I think that was what they were trying to do. Yeah. They're obviously trying to make it our world, and it's muted, and it's you know, it's not the superhero world yeah. of the Authority and Wildstorm. And I got that, but it was just I think maybe, it was kind of boring. I'm going to read the second issue, and I think maybe it could all. My whole thought on this could turn around completely with the second issue. I mean, right? Oh, absolutely. Say, yeah. I could certainly. I can. But what see a it. weird first issue. Yeah, it was. It was. I just. Gene I Ha's been playing so, with Photoshop. I expected, yeah. yeah, a lot of Photoshop. A lot of, Photoshop a lot of singular I, screenshots. I expected so much out of it, and I guess that's my own fault, but it was just like, yeah. wow, that was... I mean, the color is very muted. It's very... No, You know what's going to happen. You know the authority is going to show up, I, and I they're kind of playing it, on that. Yeah. Well, this is what was bit. weird, is that you know, one panel or one page, I was just like, wow, that is gorgeous. And then, like, the next panel would be really wonky, or the next page would be... It'd be a close-up of a cell phone screen, and you're, I would just be like... Well, oh. it, it harkens back a bit to the original run on... Or the original Authority, Warren Ellis Authority, because, I mean, that, and that's sort of the book that, like, created the the name Decompression, that idea that, you know, this is a decompressed storytelling... Because it was, you know, large thematic, you know, widescreen panels, and mm-hmm. um, it, you know, took a long time for things to to sort of progress. Yeah. Um, and I think that maybe is part of what they're doing here too. But it was just like, you know, you've for never three read, bucks, it was like, wow, the nothing, you if know. You've never read. If the this authority, is the first time you picked up the authority, I'd have to be hard pressed to say that. I would go back and pick up another. Issue. Yeah. It, it, it kind of felt issue. like countdown to the authority. It, yeah, yeah, it was, it was like, like a like prologue. A, uh, yeah. It should have been like a you know a, a twenty five cent you know, zero throwing. issue. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was just like, okay, I, you know, I'm I'm a huge Authority fan. I'm a huge Grant Morrison fan. I'm a huge Gene Ha fan, mm-hmm. and I couldn't have been the more disappointed the by the book. There, yeah, I'll get so. issue number two, but they better start paying it off pretty quick. And I was really excited about the whole Wildstorm re you know relaunch, but so far between that and Wildcats, I do like Wildcats. It was like the worst '90s. It was the '90s all over again. It was the you know it yeah. was like I didn't read it, but so. you know I, I, almost, I, almost, I almost went to grab my Wildcats from 1992 or whatever it, it was. It was it was it was that all over again. Mm-hmm. And, you know the Joe Casey Wildcats. I think it was Joe Casey. Yeah, 3.0 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. That was really good. I really enjoyed that storyline. Yeah. And there's some of that coming into this book. But it was just like the grifter stuff. The grifter stuff and yeah. and the the uh, what's his name, Samaritan, Spartan, Spartan. Sorry. I think. Um, what's the if you want to read some good grifter story? Um, sleeper. What's the what's the the, the lead in <laughs> point blank? Point blank. Yeah. Read. Oh, yeah. Point blank. I think. Oh, what a good story. I think. I was kind of excited for the Wildstorm relaunch because I thought they would be able to put a cohesiveness to that company that I don't think they've ever really had. And it's it, to me, it just feels like more... It just feels like all these books are just more of the same, just more of like... Well, that's what I was disappointed with. Is like yeah. I thought they finally would go, okay, we learned our lessons, we have some interesting characters and stories that we can play with, mm-hmm. but let's bring them to, you know, 
now Let's and set a tone yeah, for this. And, and it was like it's the same tone of what you were do why you know and the same thing with Wildcats like what you said with the authority was if this was your first issue of Wildcats I would be hard pressed to pick up another issue it's just like other than the Jim Lee art it, you know it's like what's going on in this story like I don't understand it I don't selling old rope kind of <laughs> yeah, you know, it's yeah. Like, I Jim Lee incredibly talented defined uh, an era I guess of of comic art just doesn't do it for me anymore. Even the all-star Batman and it's, Robin. His art's almost distracting to this point because it's, it, it's so it's, detailed and yeah. so clean and so precise. It's it it almost takes away from a from a story. Because I, I would prefer like uh, Paul Azaceta to uh, Jim Lee anymore. Yeah, kind of that almost I mean, rough pastelly look. And I think this is an interesting segue because you look at the stuff like Wildcats and Authority, where there is no tone or the tone is muddled, or it's the same old, same old, and you compare it to a book like Casanova, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. came out this week. And Casanova is a book with such a tight sense of what it is uh-huh. that you pick it up, and it, it's like a lightning bolt. It's exactly what it is. It doesn't concede anything. It isn't trying to fool you. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's very well thought out. and yeah. well. I mean, especially like Gabriel Ba's, you know, art is... You know, some of it's just really, really intelligently thought out and planned. You know it, what I mean? It, but it's also simple. Yeah. In a really yeah. great yeah. I, mean, yeah. I mean, I think that's what makes wild, it so good. Yeah, Wildcats was kind of like sitting down with a kind of a watered-down light beer, and Casanova's like a, a shot of bourbon. You know, you read... You know, it's just like, hoo You read The Authority, and it's two ninety nine, And I read that, and I, I got to the end, I'm like, well, okay. And then you read Casanova, which is $1.99. And that book... And less pages. Less mm-hmm. pages mm-hmm. had more story and more happen within it. Right. And leaves me wanting more than the. Well, it actually does. has more pages if you think about it because you have to read those sixteen pages twice, so it's really <laughs> yeah, it. like a thirty-two. Yeah. And, pl- page and plus, 30. you got the backup stuff in the you know in the back where oh. fractions <laughs> talking about you know how the story came together and, you know, and that stuff is fascinating. He called right? me a fucking traitor. Well, you are. Yeah. But I think <laughs> I think it's interesting. Because one of the things I've really noticed, one of the things I'm really focusing on lately when I think about what books I'm going to get is what's actually worth two ninety nine. Yeah. You know, what's yeah. worth the money I'm buying? You know, is it really worth... It's not like it used to be where you're paying a quarter for a book yeah. or 75 cents. Tales of the Unexpected, which is Chris is holding out. No, that's a good book. That was yeah. a... I, I really enjoyed that book Three ninety nine, but the, I thought uh, completely worth yeah. Was it three ninety nine? Yeah. Okay, yeah, the three ninety nine was worth the yeah. uh, you know the the Mignola cover alone for Tales of the Un- the Tales of the Unexpected came out. You know the only two thing about ago? that though is it drives mm-hmm. me nuts is whenever I see a Mignola cover, you want to see it. I want to see the rest of the art because yeah. yeah. I just you know it's so good. Yeah, it, he is. But the art in this was actually I I I thought was really good. Uh, Eric Battle. Yeah, I thought which is a cool name. You know it's uh, uh, if uh, I, I think this <laughs> one if you're a fan of the Spectre or if you are a fan no. of the characters from Gotham Central. No, I'm not. And yet I enjoyed this book. Yeah, it's That's what I thought. It's it was an interesting story. Uh, I the, think it's a great use of the Spectre. Yeah. That's what I thought was so well done is that they they set it up so that it's no longer about like um vengeance. No, no, well, universal kind of, yeah. like, you know, gigantic uh, yeah. You know, universe-spanning. You know, Spectre's about there's no Kirby crack people on that this. killed. <laughs> yeah, it was Spectre's very. You know, about pure vengeance. They put him. They put him in a 
hotel or you know, in a, in an a apartment uh, building. Apartment yeah. building. Mm-hmm. And it, from what I could tell, it seems like he's going to be there for a that's while. That's what the story. Yeah, that yeah. Seems to you be know, and it's like what is it? It's that's, how many that's, issues? You know, eight, eight, is it going to be eight issues? Yeah. And it's going to be like I, I'm assuming eight stories about people that live in this or apartment building. Sort of the story that's already begun. And it yeah. sounds like no one's innocent. Yeah. Well, the other thing I thought was interesting is that they did exactly what they said was wrong with the Spectre. They changed. They said, you know, the problem with the Spectre and why he went, you know, wonky and crazy and was killing everybody because he didn't have that human counterpart to connect with. And Mm -hmm. they gave you perfect examples of that in this book. They, they, you saw as much of Christmas Christmas as you did the Spectre. Actually, I think you saw more of Christmas Mm -hmm. than you did the Spectre in the book. And I thought that really tied it together of, of, you know, using that concept of he needs that human counterpart yeah. That, yeah. You know. it's almost like he's a werewolf almost it's like the moon comes out I get think, away from I think the, the great part of it is is that Crispus Allen's a detective and in this book he still mm-hmm. gets to be a detective uh-huh. but at a certain point he loses control of what's happening yeah. and the I, I, Spectre I, I, only cares about vengeance he doesn't right. care about justice right. and he doesn't care about who is really right and wrong the Spectre is just there to get somebody who killed someone. And it doesn't matter to him. <laughs> it's simple for Yeah, him. it's yeah. simple for the Spectre and but difficult not, for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, which was great, which is yeah. a great thing. And, know, I, and I think that the Spectre even even says that to Crispus at one point. It's like, you know, it's time to go. And Crispus is like, no, I have to do this. This is the humanity part of me yeah. that, that, you know, I, I, I have ha- to show why this guy deserves, you know. Yeah, like, I, I have to help this person. And the Spectre says, no, the dead scream for justice. And it was a powerful line. It's like, no, that, that part of, you know, the man that you are wants to do this, but it Don't, doesn't matter anymore. Yes, the spec the specter has yeah, a job I really to be enjoyed on the dead it. screen for justice. And uh, the creepy backup story was good. Too. <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> yeah, really what, good. Was, what, what, what was what was what was creepier, Doctor the specter story or the Doctor Thirteen? Do- I love I the idea of Doctor Thirteen as a character because he is a skeptic. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's great because in a universe where we acknowledge ghosts and science and like crazy shit exists. That there's a uh, character whose goal is that he doesn't believe any of it. And, but he's wrapped yeah, up in it. Yeah, he's wrapped up in it. He's like, you know, like that's that was awesome. Cool. That, that and was he doesn't want to sleep with his daughter, right? Well, uh, yeah. I don't yeah. know. It was yeah. creepy. Yeah. That's all I know. <laughs> but for three, like you said, for three ninety nine, that book was worth every penny. That, was, that in that Mystery was, in Space or two books. Mystery in Space is excellent. Three ninety nine bucks. Yeah. That because yeah. the the I, I I'm going back and forth of, of in those books in Mystery in Space whether I like the Comet Captain Comet stories or the weird, weird stories, stories but which one I like more I'm not reading that book I gotta oh it's a good book I, and right. you know me and Tom both we don't really like space books yeah, yeah. and that's just and the art in it is phenomenal it just it's a good book okay it's so a really good what book. else came out this week uh, Elephant Man <clears throat> number uh, another great issue yeah, yeah what, what? Just that tying um, everything together yeah interesting no uh, no quote unquote back backup nope. story. Yeah, the, I was the, almost a little disappointed when I got to the I end know. of it. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. The but they had but the I flip like, cover. They had the flip yeah. cover I like still. the flexibility because you can see some stories will need... The, the backup story in. became yeah. the main story. story. Yeah. Yeah. And you're seeing it all tie together. That's, uh, that's a really interesting sort of... I don't know if I'd say experimental book, but there's so some elements to it. There's going to be a reprint of the um, hip, flask? hip flask. Oh, really? Which is really cool because you can't okay. get that. Yeah, that is cool. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah, that's a cool. Speaking book. of hip flask, you guys see the uh, the sketch Dave that Wachter. Dave Wachter did? Yeah, I uh, bought it. 
bought it. Oh, did you? Really? <laughs> yeah, I bought oh it. Oh my god! Hey, he's, okay. he's doing a commission of Hip Flask fighting the thing. Yeah, cool. it looks really. It looks really. <laughs> yeah, cool. I, I, I bought it last weekend. At so uh, DaveDrawsComics.com. Yeah. Go check out Dave's uh, sketches and commissions, and he's uh, a great guy. I bought a thing of his. <laughs> uh, you bought Dave's thing. <laughs> I bought Dave's thing. Are you touching Dave's thing? Yeah, uh, Elephant Man. Uh, I I really look forward to this book. Every month that it comes out, it's, and it, it's, it's it's just a weird. It's the meaty read. It's yeah, it's that, but it's like it's so completely different than anything else out there. Mm-hmm. It's such a nice, fresh uh, break from everything else, any other comic kind of thing, you know. And it's not like, you know, like I feel the same way about Casanova in mm-hmm. that regard. But Casanova sometimes it's just like you have to dedicate time to reading that book. Yeah. Where Hip Flash, not so, or I mean, I, Elephant I, Man, not so much. I found a way to describe Elephant Man. To okay. people, and it's Blade Runner meets Animal Farm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, that's a good description. It's true. That's true. And, and and I enjoy it. every issue has been interesting. Uh, kind of a surprise book that that I liked this week was uh, Miss Marvel number eight. Ms. Marvel. Ms. Ms. Marvel. Uh, Civil War tie-in. Haven't been reading it. Uh, pretty darn good. It's the conclu. I think this is the last of the Civil War times, and they left you with a little cliffhanger at the end <clears> that I have absolutely no interest in. But the meat, <laughs> of, the, but the meat of the story, uh, interesting. It's you know, Miss Ms. Marvel uh, definitely believes in the side of the fence that she's on in Civil War, and you see how she's trying to be kind of a mentor to Aranya yeah. and. Uh, uh, who is it? Uh, uh, Simon uh, uh, Wonder Man oh, okay. is is a big part of it. So yeah, I I, I thought it was a, a nice little tie-in. It's one of those by the Tom Cater's uh, method of comic books. I don't know if I got my two ninety nine out of it, yeah. but uh, yeah, it, it was an interesting little uh, little Civil War story. I see what you got stuff. next. Yeah. Exterminators. Yeah. It was awesome. It was really good. I've, it it I think it made the Guinness Book of World Records for most bugs in a single comic book. <laughs> and shit, bugs and shit, bugs and, and shit. bugs and turds. I'm talking about Buddhism while walking through yeah. turds. Yeah, it's uh, what's the uh, uh I think uh, was it the opening the opening line? Yeah, yeah. Now I'm uh, fully aware that I'm standing ankle deep in a stream of other people's bowel movements. But it's still strangely paradoxical situation actually taking a piss down here. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, I mean, that book. Pissing in other people's sh- piss yeah. and shit. Uh, so, uh, Some ex- nice revelations. A death <laughs> of a character. Oh, yeah. I was so But you can always so upset. Ca- This book has already set up that death doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I don't want him to come back, though. I want... No. It's, I Chris, was so let upset. go. Let go. He was so cool. Though. This isn't Wolverine. A- this is... <laughs> You know? All right, everybody knows we love Exterminators, and it was a really good issue. Yeah. I think um, this one starts to tie together some storylines. Oh, by the way, for the uh, for the contest, if you pick up what issue six, six seven, eight, nine, nine. this uh, issue ten is actually the last issue out of that story arc. So if you're going to the comic shop to pick up the oh, issues man. for the uh, for the contest, go ahead and pick up ten, ten because also. that that yeah. is the last issue out of that story arc. Uh, I had a book here that I got from. Uh, this was actually came out last week, but mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty cool. It's called uh, The Pirates of Coney Island. Uh, it's a mini series from Image. It's one of eight, um, and it's the first rad issue as they first proclaim. rad. Um, it's a it's a 
it's an interesting little book. I don't know exactly what's going on. I, I mean, I, it's hard to tell what sort of... It's obviously like a weird alternative reality world, sort of. Um, it's New York and everything, but there seems to be some interesting, strange characters, including pirates, um, in New York. Including pirates? <laughs> the the Yeah, it was weird. I mean, it, it's... it's the. The art in it reminded me very much, and it may even be the same. I don't know, but um, the guy who does all the the stuff for um, Gorillas, the band. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, that's the sty- sort of the style of the art. It does kind of look like. I mean, that, I mean, look at like the eyes and oh, uh, these characters Jamie, are. What's his name? The guy who did Tank Girl. I, the artist that does gorillas. Oh, really? This was yeah. by Rick Spears and Vasilis Lolos was the artist, but Rick Spears the writer. Um, and it was just an interesting book. I mean, it was it was. I'm I'm going to be interested to see where it goes, but um, as far as the art was kind of cool and the coloring was really interesting, uh, real striking and vibrant colors. Um, and it's a weird little story about this girl who li- is homeless and. Uh, hanging out, you know, like from the subway to Coney Island, she gets attacked by, I think, what are pirates. But <laughs> I don't know. It's really strange. But all right. It, 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 it's just an odd little book, but I thought it was kind of cool. That's all. I mean, it, you know, it's yeah, nothing cool. groundbreaking, but I just thought it was kind of a cool little. And it's definitely, I mean, yeah, look at I mean, that's Gorilla's artwork, don't yeah. you think? And the Pirates of Coney Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Mark actually uh, dropped off the Anita Blake Vampire Hunter yeah, guilty pleasures. I, is this the first uh, Dable Brothers Marvel yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. book that's that's come out? Uh, Mark said good. Yeah, definitely worth checking out. Yeah, it's uh. More than I thought it was gonna be. I flipped through it. Yeah, more entertaining than thought. Yeah, it looks interesting. The art definitely um, above board. How was Fifty Two this week, Tom? It was extremely I enjoyable. I haven't read it yet. Uh, it was. It had him and his art. Oh really? Yeah, and apparently a very quotable line. Yeah, and no, that was the previous week. Oh okay. And uh, substitute Justice League and Ambush Bug made an appearance. It was extremely enjoyable. And uh, what was else to enjoy? Ambush Bug. Yep, Ambush Bug is a member of the Fifty Two Justice League. No way. (laughs) And Checkmate was really good. Oh, now I'm gonna have to go home and read it. I've gotten a checkmate yet. It's one of those I was starting to get tired last night. I was like, mm-hmm. I got, must I read say, checkmate. Too tired. I to want a checkmate. Suicide Squad book now after reading yeah. that. But they'll reappear. Any, oh, yeah. Anything else? Come. I don't, well, I'm trying to think of what else came out this week. Oh, gosh. You want me to go through? We should be next. We, X Factor we'll be, we'll, was good. Oh, X Factor was, was very good, I thought. Uh, Although I'm a little... You know, the artist um, on that, is, he, he, he's like doing the same kind of thing that... Mm-hmm. Alex Maleev did on Daredevil yeah. where he's using like Photoshop to do the shadows and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Which I liked it when I first saw it, but it's, you know. Wears on you a little bit. Hunter Bullets. A little bit, yeah. Union oh, Jack. Union Jack. Union Jack was fun. I thought Union Jack was good. Casanova. Read it twice. Yeah. Read uh, it twice. Understand. Ultimate uh, Fantastic Four was good. I, was I, I haven't read that yet. Pascal Ferry. I really like his yeah. art. Uh, so unique. Mike Norton's Runaways. Uh, Runaways. Runaways came out. How was uh, that? Read that? We're I telling not, you what you already bought, uh, maybe. I, I have not read <laughs> uh, Runaways yet. Uh, the X-Men uh, little Civil miniseries War. from Civil War. It's the one part of Civil War I, I really haven't really given a shit about. Um, Lone Ranger? It, Lone Ranger? Uh, Lone Ranger number two came out from uh, Dynamite Entertainment. Really like it. Oh, yeah? cool. It's good. It's, a, uh, it's the Lone Ranger. 
You know, if you like the Lone Ranger. I love the Lone Ranger. Lone. Uh, Wolverine, number 47. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, it's the conclusion of the Vendetta storyline. Uh, Wolverine goes really badass. More badass than usual. More badass than <laughs> usual, yeah. Oh, you know, there uh, was a line in, uh, in, in Wildcats that I liked. Mm-hmm. It was Grifter, and he was saying... I'm the best there is at what I do. What and I what do, I do is, is drink. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you've been wanting to see um, Maria Hill, the acting director of Shield, really uh, get her ass kicked. Yeah, not not even her ass kicked, but but someone just dressed down. Say you are such a bitch, and uh, Wolverine comes does that this week. So wow. All stuff. right then. Uh, yeah. Uh, damn. I've been country, looking for it. Heck and slash uh, Doctor Who number fourteen. <laughs> I don't think that right. came out this uh, week. No, that came out like twelve years, fourteen years ago. Well, that's whatever. about all we uh, kind of all read to get right. Mm-hmm. Desolation yeah. Jones. We already kind of talked yeah, about that. Stuff. That was good. Great week. Great. It great was week. a really good great week, week for, for comics. comics. It was very good. Yes. All right. So well, that'll it? do it for uh, Top of the Stack. Uh, Thank God. <laughs> all right, now we've got all of our other listener emails uh, and end announcements and all the other fun oh. stuff. Good stuff. Uh, so, uh, Jam yes. Campbell from Comics Radar sent you an email this week. That I did? thought was very very nice of him. Where is it at? I don't even see it. It's I'll right read it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I'm wondering. Hey, guys, love the show. I'm slowly catching up on episodes and thought your interview with Ed Brubaker was absolutely awesome. I was Thank you, Jam. Thank you. I was wondering if I could cut out the part where he talks about waiting for the trade and replay it on Comics Radar. Of course, I'd give you full credit. I just thought it was absolutely awesome and deserves to be reiterated for those that listen to both and deserves to be heard for those that may have missed it. Let me know, and if you ever need someone to fill in a chair, let me know. Uh, no, that's copyrighted. Sorry, Jim. Well, you know, no. I, I mean, <laughs> personally, I have no problem with him. I think that's cool that he wants to do that, but I don't know if we would have to get Ed Brubaker to agree to let him do that. I think not? Ed would probably be okay with it. Well, yeah, he probably would, but I, can we assume that? I guess. Uh, yeah, what the hell? What's yeah. he going to do? Sue us? We don't have no money. We got no money. <laughs> we have no money. What's he going to do? All we can do is give him the podcast because it's all yeah, we got. Yeah, that's true. It becomes brewcast. Brewcast, <laughs> take it. Yeah, you want to See how you it, like it, buddy. It. Sure. So, uh, yeah, check out yeah, uh, Comics Radar. And uh, JM, really good guy. Um, next uh, next listener email. I've completely lost my way in the show notes. I can't find our emails here. Should Where I read this one? <laughs> I see. Go ahead, Wait, Tom. let me read it. Well, Guys. Me, I'll catch Sal up. You go. Guys, I'm 35 and have not really read comics since the mid and late 80s. I subscribed to your podcast on a whim, and I'm so glad that I did. I have since bought Pride of Baghdad and Identity Crisis. Thanks for the great recommendations. I love Pride, but cannot really appreciate IC because my aging memory was more familiar with Marvel, X-Men slash X-Factor from the 80s and DC. Every time they used a first name for a character other than Bruce or Clark, I had no idea who they were talking about. All right, Ollie is Green Arrow. Um, Wally is The Flash. <laughs> Elongated man. Elongated man is Ralph. Okay, I look forward to catching. Uh, I look forward to you catching me up on in an entertaining, lighthearted, full of shit. Whoa, <laughs> pompous, self-deprecating, knowledgeable, idiotic, detailed, chaotic, casual, and satisfying way. Thanks, Damon. I think he just described the show. Yeah, it's exactly. P.S. I loved your recommendation to get caught with the Ultimates, but it sucks that they are in black and white. What? He meant essentials. Essentials, yes. Meant oh, essentials. I was going to say Best way to reacquaint myself with X-Men Ultimates, and color. great comic. Essentials, really good way to read old comics. Yeah, best way to reacquaint myself with X-Men in color. Uh, get uh, X-Men class. Omnibus. P-P-S? X-Men Omnibus. Or, you know, if you're at Or the quarter bands get the yeah, classics. Yeah, get the classics. 
If you or go pick up stuff. the old uh, Art Adam covered uh, X Men classics that you could probably find somewhere. Yeah, so we just, said classic we just talked about that. Oh, I'm sorry, I was. You're not even. <laughs> you're, you're just thinking about <laughs> what you're going to say next. <laughs> PPS, whatever happened to X Factor? It's still around. It's the best X book on the yeah. shelves. It's, by it's not the same X Factor. Oh gosh, the X Factor history they turned into Freedom Force and, <laughs> and worked with yeah. Henry Gyrick. But, but pick up the Jamie Madrox miniseries first, and then read the new series yeah. of X Factor. You won't be disappointed. PPS, it's really good. Has DC and Marvel ever combined their universes in any way? Yes. Have they ever managed to get past the politics slash bullshite? Kind of here and there, etc. To post Spider Man meets Superman or X Men meets JLI. Well, you have the JLA versus the Avengers that came which out, which was really uh, good. Yeah. That was pretty good. My all-time favorite, uh, X-Men Teen, Teen Titans. Titans. X-Men Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. And then there was... There was a Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Superman. Yep. I think that was the first yep. DC Marvel crossover. I don't think there's been a Spider-Man Batman at all. No. Has there? Oh, wait, yeah. Wasn't there... Didn't uh, uh, um, McFarlane do Spider-Man? Oh, no, I'm thinking Spider-Man Spawn. Right. Or no... Batman Spawn, I think, yeah. is what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. Bat- Batman Spawn. Uh, it's, it's out there. Uh, it, it Top Cow does the Marvel crossovers yeah. now and again. Right. You know, Wolverine, Witchblade, that kind of crap. I like uh, JLA Avengers. I thought was really good if you mm-hmm. want to see the differences between those two universes. Well, yeah, because they kind of gave you everything that you'd want if you were looking for that book. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably, probably my favorite, and I'll have to go back and read it at some point, was the Teen Titans X-Men. Yep. It, was, it, was it was actually was pretty good. Pretty good. So, yeah, uh-huh. it, but I was such a Marvel kid growing up that I, I really didn't care about the Teen Titans. I'm sure there are Teen Titans fans growing up that didn't could care really about give the a crap about the X-Men. Um, so, I'm I don't sure know. When, really whenever they do that, either. it's really gimmicky, um, but it, it's been done. Um, we do have. I uh, thought one of the best company uh-huh. crossovers, if you can call it that, was uh, the um, Authority. Uh, was it Authority JLA? Authority Batman. Planetary. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. The Planetary, planetary Authority. Batman yeah. Was, planetary yeah. Batman was. That was, was really yeah. good, especially when they those met, were both, when they met the Adam good. West Batman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those were cool. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, we did get uh, another listener voicemail, so here we go. Hi, Round Comics. It's Amy here from England. She's speaking English? Just thought I'd let you know, it's been three nights since CGS crashed. Three nights. Ooh. And Keith Tarp the insane idea that you crashed it. No. However, it's been three nights without my forum. Insane ideas are starting to make sense. I'm going to have to sh- come to Chicago if you've done anything. Well, I dare you. If that's the case, then yeah, I did it. Boo. <laughs> oh, I did it. I did it. <laughs> Mark's taking... Mark says um, he did it. Yeah, CGS's forums were down. We yeah. had nothing to do with oh, it. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even know about it until Amy came over to our forum. So. so yeah, it's uh, yeah, Birds Geek. Form, it's never going down. Uh, uh, no, I, no, our forums are pretty much. Our so. site's gone down a couple times, but for oh, sure. Oh yeah, yeah. When you, I crashed the site, <laughs> yeah, 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 only when, caused when by our own, yeah. our own action. <laughs> yeah, Sal, Sal accidentally deleted the entire <laughs> database. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> why didn't it say? Are you sure you well, want to do that? The thing with CGS is they get, they have so many forums on there. There's I like twenty eight now. Yeah, and so they're that's. They, they were using software that just couldn't handle that. But now they're on the yeah. uh, PHBB boards, which are real robust. So mm-hmm. they should be okay as long as their servers don't have problems. Bunch of a bunch of our buddies have forums there. Crankcast and Raging Bullets and uh, Birds of Geek, which uh, that's Amy from Birds of Geek. Yes, so check is. out Birds of Geek. Uh, good stuff. I mean, so our 
another friend, uh, Stephanie Mangold, is uh, um, on Birds of Geek from time to time. Somebody emailed me today and asked me mm-hmm. questions about Tim's quarter bin. Uh huh. Um, which I is hadn't that a listened podcast? to. I yeah, listened it's part to of it. Comic Book Noise, and I hadn't listened to it. And they asked me whether I thought it was straight dope fat or all these things <laughs> and i answered and then i realized i'd never listened to it so then i listened to it mm-hmm. all right anything else? oh uh, yeah eric houston um sent in uh <laughs> the the answer to something that had uh yeah, to an unintentional us. how's question? your history yes and yes. the answer is james ford james. robert ford <laughs> yeah. robert ford killed jesse, uh, james. jesse james how's your history so, knowledge if anyone was wondering all right we left you hanging we, we've had we've had an email michael from warrell Jan- is, is it michael warrell yeah, there's one here from yeah, Michael Wardell. Th- this is the um, Christian. This is the Christian comic thing. You want to get into this this episode? Oh God, we're already we're yeah. over, we're already over no, time. Okay. We're, we we're keep gonna, bumping this. That's yeah. a whole like. Yeah, I know. We keep bumping it, but he he we, has we, a really good email, but it's it's long and it'll get into a long discussion. I just don't think we can do it tonight. Okay, yeah. we 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 will bump that. So uh, Michael, uh, hang tight. We're we keep we're gonna get we, to it. We you're really like uh, you're like a comic yeah. on Letterman. He keeps getting bumped. Yeah, because, poor guy. Like, but it was really Sandra good. Bullock's talking too loud, <laughs> too long. <laughs> Maybe right. we just didn't like bullshit like this for so much. We could there, actually get there to were some folks like that were there were some folks that <laughs> yeah, were so we kind as to send us some uh, happy fiftieth episode <laughs> greetings. Uh, first one from Prodigy One, I, and these are the ones that we promised people that we would read after last week. Oh, whenever it ran can I read this one? Uh, yeah, from Prodigy. Bill, mm. This is built on promise. I hate you guys and everything you stand for. Just playing. I've been a listener since episode one when it was posted on the Bendis board. You guys are fun to listen to when you are when you're not kissing up to Marvel. <laughs> what the fuck do we kiss up to Marvel? Uh, LOL, he said. I wish you guys well and at least fifty more years years of around comics. Jesus, take care. Christ. I'll, I'm guaranteeing you, I'm not There's doing not this. Be 50 I won't even be alive years. in. 50, that'd be I'd be eighty five. Yeah. I, Welcome to around comics. <laughs> All right. Uh, next one How from about uh, Marvel. Here's. Yeah, we'd have to take our 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 whips off of Image's ass before we put them on Marvel's ass. Vertigo. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Oh, I have really exterminators' balls in my mouth. I can't kiss. Man, anybody. we haven't even really talked about Civil War all that much. The I only reason we have Tom on here is so we can occasionally talk about DC. DC. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, whatever. I like that's Marvel. the only reason I'm here. He's talking about me. I probably read more. You Marvel. are a bit of a Marvel bitch. I am Marvel's bitch. But that's all right. Yeah. And Greg Rucka's bitch. Lee Webb said, hey, guys. We like you anyway. (laughs) Hey, guys. Congrats on the 50 shows. Uh, Congratulations to you for listening. (laughs) It, it, I can't read, it, your light attitude? It's your. It's it's your your light attitude combined with a focus on the positives of the industry that has made your show well worth listening to. I know that it has expanded my range of books that I pick up. Well, that's good. That's I'm even right. going to smurfing. I'm, e- I'm even going to smurfing pick up a Queen and Country trade next time. I did my local story. I hope you guys enjoy yourselves. One of us. What with your access to creators and publishers, conventions that happen more than three times in 15 years, wide range of DVDs, comics, and pretzels. And to Tom, don't worry. The Flash will get better. It has to, doesn't it? <laughs> I have a lot of averages would say. Lee so. yeah. yeah. lives in Australia, so I'm assuming. Get together that they, with the other Australians. Yeah. Yeah. That, that the every 15-year convention and pretzels is, you know... Oh, is it like on a ship? Penal colony. Every 15 years. <laughs> all right, all right, everyone, this is from our buddy Vince B over oh, at uh, Bolton Bolton. So, uh, Boo! Vince B. I'm kidding. In honor of your 50th episode, I wrote you a little song. 
I hope you love it. It's so big, I had to get a couple of my buddies to help me out with it. I love so, this, man. Here we go. And one, and two. Happy 50th episode. Happy 50th episode. Happy 50th episode. I think that's trademarked. I don't think you can say you wrote that song. All right, here's the interpretive dance part. It's pretty cool. It's oh, the part no. about the swans, really good. Here you go. One, two, three. <laughs> oh, Vince. All right, all right. Yeah! All right, good job. Good job, guys. <laughs> good job to you. Oh, oh whoa. whoa. That's some music. Wow. Well, thank we you. Little 19 wheels there, sorry. Um... <laughs> Thank you, I, Vince. Lo- I, I love them. He, he, he is one of my favorite people in He's the handsome entire world. You know, he, he, was, he is a handsome devil. I was, <laughs> and I think handsome. I told you guys this earlier, but you know, I was every Friday on the way down here. I usually listen to bullpen bulletins, mm-hmm. and uh, I was listening to today, and I was like, "What? What the fuck?" Both Chris and Tom are on the show this week. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, and, yeah. and me, I, Sorry. What, I, I just, yeah, I'm not as like you guys just take leaving the show, going over the bullpen bulletins. But then I got to the point where Vince is like screaming, you know, yelling at me because I'm never on Skype anymore, and it's like, because Vince is on Skype constantly. Yeah, I know. But so I'm gonna have to make an appearance on bullpen bulletins at some point, I guess. And you will okay. enjoy it. Yeah, oh, I, I love Vince and David. They're great. I wish, I really wish those guys lived in Chicago. Yeah. I really wish we they would did. be thick as thieves. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'd uh, like we'd hang out all the time. Uh, more than I'd probably live with them. We'd probably all just live in a, on a farm. <laughs> comic right. commune. We'd live on a comic What's next? commune. What's next? Organic spinach. Uh, David D., who we heard from earlier, says, I don't have anything oh, to add God. other than say congratulations on 50 episodes. See our the show on the website get better all the time. And I hope you guys enjoy making it as much as I do listening to it. And I hope Tom's girlfriend continues to be understanding about having a comic book store be the third member of their relationship. Looking forward to the next 50 Thank so you. Thank you, David. She thank you, David. And, uh, and our last one. Monkey uh, Punk? 50. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I guess the only thing I'd ask for in the next 50 is more cursing. Cursing is cool. Fuck yeah. We're going to... Sorry, Alex. Sorry, we're going to cut out hey. all the cursing. We're going to use like stuff like... Uh, Frack I totally that. saw this girl I'd smurf so hard. Smurf her. <laughs> I smurf. Smurf you. I'm not using <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone. So that's enough of the Boom. backslapping oh. from 50. We really yeah. appreciate it. Thank you. I, you guys were so nice to send those messages in. We, we really needed to read them. So uh, next, we, we had a poll. Uh, I thought the poll Flash were Flash wins. Flash wins. Flash did win. Oh, yeah. This is on the, who, who should be in the JLA. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had 189 people vote. And the Flash won with 61 votes. 12.84%. I mean, come on. You got a former coalition. Uh, Hal Jordan was next with 54 votes, 11.37%. Captain Marvel, 10.95%, 52 votes. Green Arrow with 49 votes. Power Girl with 48 votes. And no one else matters. Animal Man with 44. Red Tornado with 43. Nightwing with 38. Hawkman with 31. Yeah, it was, and John Stewart with twenty four, and then Wolverine uh, other got a vote. Wolverine got a Wolverine vote. Got a Whoever vote. did that, fuck you. <laughs> As did Trojan Man. Trojan Man, the janitor. The janit- but the thing I thought was interesting is that there were thirty votes, <coughs> um, and John Stewart only got. Tw- there were thirty votes for other, 
Yeah. And not everyone put in a, a name for an other. They just mm-hmm. said. They just said other. They saw but the choices and said other. Anyone, but this is the funny thing. John Stewart only got 24 <laughs> votes. So so people would rather have anyone other than, than a John black green lantern. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was telling. <laughs> in a or Wolverine. Story. Or Wolverine. No, he only got well. He only one got vote. one vote. But Along with Aquaman. Mar- what, what about the Martian Manhunter hate? Only one vote? And that was Martian me. Man- I like that Wally, I just that Wally West. Wow. Wally, Wally. Yeah, just Wally West? Yeah. In a <laughs> casket? Oh, right. uh, so that was the poll. We have a oh, new, we have a new, new poll. New poll. I, my um, idea, by the way. Your idea. I, I'm taking credit. Um, How much do you love Marvel? A lot? <laughs> some? No. Not as much as Queen and Country? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no, it's uh, who are your favorite uh, Daredevil uh, creator or creators? I had so much trouble trying to decide who my favorite Daredevil Sweating creator Sweating all over your keyboard. Up. There's a lot of good ones. Are you There's kidding? I started looking at that. When I went back. started with Stan Lee and the bullpen. Yeah, and the bullpen included, you know, Gene Colan. Uh, Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby. Uh, Wally, Wally Wood. Wood. I mean, yeah, there was, you know. A the phenomenal, King. I, I, I was going to, like, I had a hard time putting the poll together because that first one, it was like, well, in, in like, three-year period, it was Stan and all everyone. those, everyone yeah. else. It's like, well, I can't put all of them in there. You know, so that's why I put it as the bullpen. So that's yeah. who... The bullpen represents is that first you know year or so, of, yeah, and then of you've issues. got the Gene Cohen, then you've got Frank Miller with Klaus Jansen, and you've got the you know Mazza Kelly and you know Casada Smith, Bendis Maleev, uh, the the David the, Max run, which was short, but mm-hmm. it was he Very did good. it all. He wrote it and drew it. You know, yeah, did the art. In and then it, you've so. got now a lot of people are already saying that the Brubaker Lark run may be one of the best yeah. ones by the time it's all said and over with. For so. me, it's... Frank Miller's is better. Yeah, Frank Miller... Frank, Frank, Frank Miller is a classic. It'll be interesting to see what people mm-hmm. say. So, so go Let vote on that. Let the people decide. Vote. Good stuff. Uh, guys, have we gotten through uh, another episode of Around Comics here? I... I Think so. I think that's about uh, all we Is that got on the list. Uh, yeah, yeah. W- let us know how you like the the new you know, formatting Format. of the show and yeah. moving things around a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would like to uh, say congratulations to Matt and Sarah Kramer. Yeah, now, now Mrs. Kramer. That's right. They're at the Mrs. Con. Darth Kramer. They're, they're at the con and they're like, oh, we have to leave. We're getting married tomorrow. Wasn't yeah. it like uh, they got married uh, to, today? Yes, today, Friday, today? Friday, today? Thursday, Friday. I don't know something like this. Uh, but yeah, it's Mr. and Mrs. Darth Kramer. Mr. Well, <laughs> 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 so good for them. Wonderful people, yes. and, and we're very, very happy for them. Uh, would like to mention that we are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. CPN is a collection of some of the best comic book podcasts on the net. You can learn more about the network and find more great podcasts at comicspodcast.com. Uh, the forum, you guys did a great job this week. Our new episode topic will be posted on Tuesday. Give you a little preview. Yes. Tom? Spooktacular. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's our Halloween oh! episode. So. We guarantee that someone in the audience... We have caskets ready in case someone dies while listening to the next episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're Boom! Gonna some, we're going to have some great guests lined up. So yes, get uh, get your Halloween costumes ready. Comics and mm-hmm. gonna be all sorts of fun stuff. Awesome stuff. So we'll post that on Tuesday so you can uh, give us your feedback and thoughts on that. Uh, remember the Exterminator's Bug Hunt Contest? And good Lord, go buy that book if you haven't already. Uh, We've done everything we can to try and get Except people to buy it for people. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, we're going to have to buy a gun. <laughs> I have That's three. all we have left. I've three got, guns. Three and we're going to come to your house and we're going to... 
rifle through your wong box. Chris I just need a blackjack so I can Chris get someone over the head with it. I got this real little gun. It's about like three <laughs> inches long. It's just a little. Why pull. do I get the little pull. gun? Eh, I'm gonna I'm gonna fans. pistol whip you if you Tom's don't. Tom's gonna get the three fifty seven. Pistol whip. And I'll take the Glock forty five. What in announcements? You get the little twenty five. It's just whenever you guys start picking on me. It's not fair. What? Uh, what's your LCS you challenge? Because we sit on the same side of the table. Podcast <laughs> <laughs> Alley, <laughs> iTunes music reviews. Be as cool as Andy Parks, who just inked the shit out of Exterminators this last episode. That he did. God, that was a lot of bugs. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone today for sending in voicemails. Everyone who did anything. Uh, Tom, Sal, <laughs> great job, as always. Uh, thank real, you. Real, <laughs> you're okay. Really like the Comics 101, the G.I. Joe stuff. Yeah, the really G.I. Joe maybe not the, the uh, most exciting topic, but I think I think it's a good concept, and I think we'll get some good sometimes better. Sometimes learning. going to be awesome. Sometimes yeah, learning isn't fun. Be EC Comics. Mm-hmm. So. Sometimes learning isn't fun. This is true. It's it's not but always fun. Some, but sometimes <laughs> it, it can be fun and entertaining. What do we call that? We call it edutainment. edutainment right. Baby. All right, guys. Have a fantastic week. We'll be back again next Monday with another full-length episode. Full to the brim. In the meantime, we'll be everywhere in and around Foley Artists. If you would like to suggest a topic, send us your comments, or are interested in becoming a panel member, email us at info at aroundcomics.com, or visit the Contact Us section of our website. For that, and the latest in comics news and opinions, go to www.aroundcomics.com. Music for this show provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Thank you for listening today, and remember to join us next week. Where the panel will change, but our mission stays the same. Bringing you the best in discussion, news, and reviews in and around comics. <laughs>